This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. We are kicking off another week of fun and excitement. You dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, and you can bring up whatever you want. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right into your phone calls we go. I believe we have Ed in California on the amp line. Hello, Ed. Hello there, gentlemen. Ed, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was uh, just before work listening to last night's show where someone was bringing up uh, that Christianity was not spread by the sword. And it, it occurred to me, none of you picked up that the entire history of the colonization of the Americas was Christianity being spread by the sword. That's Especially a good point. Latin America is awful. <laughs> Yeah, apparently we really dropped the ball on that whole Christianity being spread by the sword thing because, uh, you know, we'd, we'd missed Rome and, you know, really the whole history of Christianity. Um, I did, you know, I, I got no good excuse, man. Yeah, that's kind of a, a, an area of study of mine is history of Latin America. And, you know, the, the conquistadors didn't come in and say, would you pretty please be Christians? It was more, you know, who's going to not be a Christian? We'll chop your head off. Right. They didn't um, call them yeah. conquistadores for nothing, you know? Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that, I kept waiting for you guys to pick up on that. And uh, the Spanish Inquisition was uh, just a blip on the radar compared to that. And that's why Latin America is all Catholic today. Thanks there for pointing that out. I appreciate that. Anything else on your Absolutely. mind tonight, Ed? That's about it. Right, uh, enjoy, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, was that the purpose of the conquistadors, was to spread Christianity, or was that kind of like a side job? Well, all of it together. Weren't they also just kind of looking to conquer land for the queen or whatever? Land and gold and, you know, things like that. But sure, when they come, they bring with them the priests and, and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course... Convert or die. Yeah, you convert or die, yeah. It's, it's, it's a heck of a lot more simple than convincing people, right? Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the way of the government for uh, for a long time. Right? It's the way of religion for a long time, and it's it's been done, uh, uh, you know, it's... it's, it's well, it, the Quakers it, didn't do that. The Quakers didn't do that. However, the FLDS, uh, you know, seems to be into it, so, I mean... You, Forcing you, people to convert or, or die? Yeah. FLDS? Yes. They kill people? Um, have you, You've heard of this guy Jeffs, right? Yeah, he's got a system called blood atonement that he used to do, um, and uh, you know, took one girl who tried to run away to a different FLDS camp, and mm-hmm. um, you know they don't like that. They like to be able to tell the girls with whom they're going to be married and all that other stuff. And, right. And so she had to atone. Um, the, she had to atone for her uh, sins by by dying? dying. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that he was accused of that. I thought he was just accused of uh, you know diddling little girls. Sorry. Wow, okay. It's a, uh, it's a mixed-up cult. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I, yeah. I did not know that there was that aspect to it. Is that common among FLDS, or is I, it just the Jeff's, Jeff's character? Jeff's is a real bad guy. Okay. I mean, you know, there's that, that's one of the reasons I have a difficult time supporting the FLDS people in doing what they want to do. They do their things very in a, in a very terrible fashion. Mm-hmm. However, what do you do about them? Obviously, the government's not very good at handling them because, by and large, they are the government around where they are. Where they live, yeah. So, you know, when their police department tells some other police department, hey, we got to run away, we know where they are, go get them, they'll do it. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's because they have the mantle of, uh, the, of legitimacy with them. So government probably not the way to handle the FLDS system. However, what is? I don't know. I say leave them alone, although I see where you're coming from. I didn't realize there was uh, was violence being used uh, within the FLDS. How do you think that you, uh, I, I mean, really, you, you, you can keep people in a walled city uh, well, and, you can and hump little girls? You brainwashing. And, uh, come on, man. They, you think they let them go? You think when a girl says, hey, they, I've had enough of this, I'm ready to leave well, now. You said that they, uh, as I recall from the story, at least the one in Texas, they were known to go out of the walled compound and go shopping and things like that. Mostly so that seems to be the men. The more, the more research I do, the more uh, you know, you find out that the guys go out and do the work and, and Really? Like I thought that. the women were going out doing Well, the, even the so, if they go out in groups, I mean, what are you going to do, you know? You run? Not when you're going uh, hey, uh, into a town where the cops are FLDS members. See, mm-hmm. I, I think in absence of government supposedly keeping us safe from things like this, is people would know that it exists, and there would be charities or organizations out there that would help people escape from this kind of lifestyle if that's what they wanted to do. There are, thank God, yeah. and they're very effective. You know, in what they do, they're not. You know, it's difficult to get word into these walled compounds mm-hmm. that you know there's a place for you to go. But they do their very best. Most of them, um, you know, have some kind of in by having people who have been there. You know, I in. mean, if you you could just leaflet the place from the from the air, it would seem like, and get the word out to everybody there. I mean, they're going to go around and collect them up. But if you hit it with enough, that would do it. Yeah, and it, they it, would come up with things. It w- would once you do that. Uh, I think that you um, you violated private property. No, I'm I'm just thinking that uh, likely they'll you know <laughs> when you're giving the the information to the other side too that they they figure out ways to you know paint you as the great Satan. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it would make sense to just kind of have some people on the inside working for you, right? Get the Best word you out, can. that kind of thing. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Of course, big news over the weekend is that Saturday night. I'm not sure what time that word didn't come to me until after our show on Saturday, but maybe it went down during the show. But I guess the uh, the big vote on the health care thing, right? Yeah, it's moving in ahead. the middle of the night on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> it's sweet. Yep. I mean, every America really wants this health care <laughs> bill. We're doing it in the middle of the night on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so it's so serving, there you go. serving the public. So now, so now it's going to the Senate, right? And then uh, will likely be signed. And I don't know what the proposal is that's uh, that's on the table currently. Are you familiar with it, either of you? What, what I, they're looking at? Doing? No. Is it still the government option thing where they're going to be creating a government-run insurance program? That's I, the last that I heard. I've heard a few little bullet points from it. I've heard that you are somehow required to get insurance if you don't have it. And That's right, $15,000 policy, yes. and it could be up to five years in jail. I five did years that. in jail or a, a, a $15,000 fine, whereas the people, when they were complaining about the fine for not having insurance, it was only 5000 In the new and improved version, it's they upped now it. 15 Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> they really do what the people want. Well, I guess the you know the, I guess I'm not going to be participating. So will it be a fine for me or jail time? I don't know. Well, likely the way that they're going to go about uh, figuring out that somebody doesn't have insurance is through your um, through through IRS and and you don't file. So I think right. probably no. When you if you ever go to the hospital in an emergency or something that they're going to find out there and then they'll just arrest you. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts on the uh, the healthcare situation at 800-259-9231. I was watching the Ridley report at ridleyreport.com and he was at some sort of healthcare protest where I guess one side was in favor of the government program, the other side was in favor of something else. And he was interviewing people about their thoughts on uh, on the matter. 
And one guy was saying that he didn't want to uh, support coercion, but inevitably he knew this probably would involve coercion. So even the some of the supporters of this bill, they understand exactly what's going on, but they're willing to just look the other way uh, in the in the name of helping people with health care by yeah. throwing them in cages when they don't go along with it. So it was it was kind of a little little disturbing. And he was talking to the uh, the opposition, and he suggested the idea of civil disobedience. The first response he got was, well, how am I supposed to do that when the IRS takes the money or my employer takes the money before I even get to see it? How Good am question. I going to engage in civil disobedience? And then some other lady piped up and, and said something to the effect of, well, you know, uh, essentially, you'd have to structure your payments to where they weren't withholding anything anymore, or something like that. Because yes. I guess you can do that as an you as can. an employee. And that it's a really of, great way to, uh, you know, to, it sort of sends off a red flag. Yep. I was uh, I, I was surprised when I saw that the guy that she was telling that to, who previously a moment ago had been looking, you know, kind of for excuses as to not, you know, why he couldn't uh, do civil disobedience. He, his gears kind of started to turn, and he was fairly positively responsive to the idea of something like that, of a of getting involved in in not participating. And I I, I consider that a pretty good sign, don't you? I mean that the average Republican guy that's at a, a protest is actually talking about not going along with the plan. I mean because all of these folks normally call themselves law-abiding and it makes you know, that makes it warms their heart uh, to believe that they're that they're following all the laws. But maybe this is one law where they might be able to come on board with the idea of non-cooperation. I, I think the cycle is collapsing. It used to take a full term, four years, before people would realize the president lied to them and we need to get the other guy in. Then it would take another four years. Well, now with the Internet, it's four months and people are realizing that Obama's a fraud. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, you've got an email you want to share and your calls, of course, about anything. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Service restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Oh, and Sam. You and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and the features include updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Plus, have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should have by now. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Sounds too good to be true, right? <laughs> it's not. It's the real deal. We had uh, Dan from New Hampshire. One of our listeners just came back from... Um, the front site and was raving about it so 
he did get himself a free pistol, and it was a great trip for him. So head on over to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. That's FrontSight.com. And, Mark, I know that you would mentioned to me, uh, speaking of guns, you actually apparently have a gun-related email you wanted to share with us. Why don't you do that? That would be great. Excellent. So this one comes from Tomer, and he has a, you know, sort of question here. He says, people throw around the statistic thingy about how you're likely to die from your own gun, etc. Is there any truth to it, or is it a myth? Um, he says he's back in university um, where he hears all that far-left stuff presented as absolute reality while straw man arguments are contributed uh, to the right. I sort of suggest a centrist or even uh, center-left idea sh- um, to sound moderate as possible, which gets him bombarded by cliche statements. So anyway, um, he says he doesn't know much about the, uh, the the gun arguments and, you know, wants to... Wants to be able to, you know, have something to say to it. Okay. And, you know, so I looked into it. I had one of, uh, you know, our, our crack producer, Zeus, look into it for me, and, and he does know quite a bit about guns. So he says, um, you know, I, I've got basically got a response here. Unfortunately, there's no real argument against the statement that you're more likely to die from the gun that you own um, than to use it on a criminal. It's true. You are more likely to die from a gun that you own than you are to use it to, to stop a criminal. However, what's included in those numbers is you using the gun to blow your own head off. Suicides. So that's a choice that one makes, right? Mm-hmm. And so if one chooses to use a gun to end one's life, one could just, if, if one decides to end one's life, they could choose to use a gun that they happen to have around, or they could use razor blades and, and, and Jack Daniels. Uh, they could Jump take sleeping pills, any anything. So I don't think that it's fair to blame guns for mm-hmm. a person's suicide, right? Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it, one's, one's an intentional choice, the other is uh, an accident, and I think they're trying to group those two together. And the other one is uh, people, uh, you know, sort of uh, using guns as uh, in domestic violence. Um, although men are much more likely to use guns in domestic violence incidences than women are. Um, so the the statement really is guns are more likely to kill you or a member of your family than they are a person. I think it's seven times more likely, by the way, um, to kill you or a member of your family than they are to kill a burglar. Well, it's because domestic violence is significantly more likely than a burglar. So, you know, if you don't want guns to hurt you, you should your gun to hurt you. You should keep your gun secure from your mate. Quite Makes honestly. Sense. The, the person that you're going to sleep with tonight is the most likely person to kill, to kill you. you. And it doesn't matter if you look at uh, in other countries where guns are, <laughs> where guns are illegal. Fine, they'll kill you with knives. It happens all the time. As a matter of fact, I I wanted to get I didn't know whether we'd actually get to this on on the air or not. So I sent this to to Tomer and um you know just so that he would have it. And he's like. Um, people kill kill their wives and, and themselves in all different ways, and and you know that he's talking about all the knife related things that are going on in uh, in Israel, you know over there. So it it happens in other countries. You know the, the domestic violence is going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. So once again, something that's being attributed to uh, the gun is in fact uh, being you know shouldn't be. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, you're making total sense. So, so really, if I want to kill my wife, I'm going to kill my wife whether I have a gun or not. So this statistic that you're likely to die from your own gun or more likely to die you from... You or a member of your family. 
your own gun is not so much about oh whoopsie you're having an right. accident because that's the that's the idea is that you you remember the the TV commercial where Jimmy and Tommy are playing and say hey look Tommy I found a gun <laughs> and then bam the next sure, thing you yeah. see is a black uh, you know a black screen and then Timmy Jimmy Jimmy what's happening you know like the, you know that kind right. of thing not nearly 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 as likely as you you double crossing winch you I'm gonna take you out and I'm gonna kill you you know th- yeah. that's much more likely or I've had it with that winch she's cheated on me one too many times I'm gonna take myself out those are the scenarios that are very likely the idea that you're cleaning your gun and suddenly you know smoke yourself or your kid or your cat or whatever uh, the, these these scenarios are much less likely if you were to take statistics on those and I don't have them but. You know, if the people that hate guns were to compile those statistics, because mm-hmm. honestly, the people that uh, compile these statistics, they don't want the average person to have a gun. They don't want the average person to be able to deter crime. If guns were ineffective in deterring crime, then you wouldn't have to worry about police carrying them. But they are effective, and that's why cops carry them. So, Mark, why hasn't the NRA come out to dispute this? Or, you know, this is the first time I've heard this, and I'm a little surprised by it, but. It's exactly what has been presented is the the accidents and that's you know those are the leading causes is what it seems like from their propaganda. Well, um, because the education systems the, the the conduits for education aren't there for the pro gun side. You you have conduits for education coming from the anti gun side, which is the mainstream media, which is very statist. Yep. Uh, the the educational system, which is very socialist, especially the university system, which is extraordinarily socialist. So um, and here's the last little bit of uh, what Zeus wrote, which I, I think is, is <laughs> really great. Um, so the gun didn't cause the crime, so no cause and effect relationship exists. If statistics can prove cause and effect, then we should be able to, uh, you know, we would be in a world of hurt. What do you think the gun haters would do if they knew that 87% of violent criminals wear clothes, 77% of all murderers have, murderers have brown hair, and... Eight out of ten mass murderers drank soda pop. We'd all be end They're up making bald, up. naked, and thirsty. <laughs> it, well, it, he is making yeah. it up. It doesn't matter. Right. But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So if if you think that you can stop the crime by stopping this correlative data, it, it's just not true. You know what I'd like to see compared? Uh, you, you could take that number, the the mess the messy number here we're talking about. In fact, I was looking at my email and somebody had suggested that it was eight times as likely if you have a gun in the house here, eight times as likely compared to what I'm not sure. I guess of not having a gun. But uh, what about people that have a gun in their home and how likely they're they are to perish uh, because of that gun? or because of someone using that gun, compared to how likely you are to perish at the hands of the police. Just curious. I don't think that it's very likely. Um, it just doesn't seem very likely. Well, it happened recently, uh, apparently, to one of the Libertarian Party executives out in Nevada, where, according to the Las Vegas... He review, didn't perish. He was shot multiple times. That's correct. I'm, okay, good point. How about how, about how likely are you <laughs> to be hurt by the police uh, with one of their guns? That's what I'm curious about. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The cops thought he was going for a gun. Turned out he wasn't. And now they've shot him a few times, and now they probably not have to pay any sort of consequences for it. We can tell you more about that, or you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Plus, uh, Colorado Ski Town votes to legalize marijuana. A little bit of good news for you. Free Talk Live. This 
Bless Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They are free, including our Facebook profile. Just go to facebook.freetalklive.com, and you can become a fan there. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And while you're poking around there on the Internet, take the start page.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. All right, we continue here taking your phone calls about what you want. Tom is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Tom, New Hampshire, going once. Tom in New Hampshire, going twice. All right. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Guess who got busted on October 30th for drinking underage? Um, I have no idea. A police State officer. Representative Brian Posnansky. Oh, that's lovely. Of Nashua. <laughs> a, a member of the New Hampshire legislature got busted for drinking underage. They were at a party in Bedford. And somebody called the cops because there was a fight. And, of course, you never call the cops uh, because of a fight uh, because, of course, then uh, people will get busted for drinking the beverage of their choice responsibly Mm -hmm. instead of the people who who, uh, started the fight. Yep. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, a member of the New Hampshire legislature, Brian Posnansky, God busted, and he uh, made a public apology. It was in the paper oh, uh, last year. Mia culpa, yeah. mia culpa. You coward. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, you get that way when you're in amongst a bunch of legislators who are not yet ready to, or maybe he actually does worship flags, badges, benches, and law books, and actually thought that, you know, they have a right to impose this law. Maybe he actually thought that. He probably does think that, considering he is one of them. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, it never occurs to him, why do his fellow legislators prefer to impose this blatantly unjust law on him instead of imposing tougher underage drinking laws on themselves? You can't exactly go over to the Senate and ask uh, State Senator William Denley, because he's not there anymore. He quit after he got busted for driving drunk. That was back in well, February. interesting uh, that that, uh, that that were to occur, and how typical that the response is. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's sorry he got caught. That's all he's sorry for. M- maybe and if he so. had if he had a pair, he would stand up and say, you know what? These uh, laws are insane. Uh, the, I'm just one of uh, thousands of victims every single year, probably hundreds of thousands across the country. Uh, that you know, people that are under 21 that are getting caught and that are having their lives crapped on by the system. Uh, he could have made a powerful stand, but instead he chose to uh, to wuss out. Yeah, something like that. But uh, yeah, so uh that's what happened anyway thanks tom for the call appreciate hearing from you tonight 800-259-9231 that is the sacl cai toll free line 
and you can bring up what you want. I mean, what do, does anybody out there, whether it's Mothers Against Drunk Driving or whoever the interest groups are, Students Against Destructive Decisions, <laughs> what? No, it's a real group. Yes. Uh, what do they really they used think, to be driving drunk? Do they really think that they can stop people from underage people from drinking? Does anybody really believe that? I mean, they don't really think that, do they? I don't even think they consider it. They see the accidents and so forth, and they want to do whatever they can to cut those back, but they, they're they not really looking at the root cause of the issue. And there's so much propaganda put out there by MAD and some of the other organizations that just like this state legislator, he could he could come out and say that, yeah, the laws are unjust and wrong, and here's why. But it takes people so long to come around to these ideas. It's not something you can get in a soundbite. And, and he would probably not get reelected. Yeah, and the media is controlled by the state as well, so they're not going to you know, give him airtime to really start explaining these ideas and even put them out there. So, you know, what do you do? That's how we end up where we are today. Well, you know, um, what what they what these people understand, uh, the mads and the sads and and the, um, the the cops is they understand that that human beings do work off of incentives. What they're um and they what they what they so they're trying to set up incentives that you know, are effective in stopping people from doing behavior they don't want. And what they want don't want is people to drink at all, by and large, except for themselves, they they want people to, <laughs> to to drink who well you know who are responsible, and they know that the you know that the, the, by and large the t- teenagers are less responsible than regular adults. So, maybe true. I don't know. Well, if you look at car accidents, man, and yeah, <laughs> car accidents are you know if you take out the demographic of there's six, a lot of regular adults that are 18, alcoholics. Sure, man. I'm talking about car wrecks. Yeah. So if you take uh, 16 to 18 year olds out of the car uh, the car scenario you know just fewer wrecks occur well yeah, but it's true though because again just like with alcohol prohibition until they turn the magic age of 21 you've got the same prohibition on driving a vehicle i mean i learned sitting in the lap on the way out to the farm mm-hmm. you know on the roads with same here i couldn't work the pedals because my feet weren't long enough yet but I learned to drive a car doing that for years before. That was when I was a, a teenager, 12, 13, 14. I was driving the pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Um, that made a difference in how a competent of a driver I was once I was out on my own. And most kids don't ever get to experience that because they don't have a farm out in the country or right. you know they can't drive around on the, on the farm trails or anything like that and learn these basic skills. So they're just looking at the, the the negative incentives and hoping that uh, they can make the negative incentives bad enough. Because you have to admit, Ian, if marijuana is so you know terribly illegal in, in the countries where uh, you know marijuana is just it's horrible, they'll take you out and shoot you for it. Mm-hmm. Marijuana consumption is significantly lower than it is in the United States. The question is, do you want to live in the country where they take people out and shoot them for marijuana no, possession? Certainly not. I don't. And so, you know, these negative incentives, they work to, if, if you consider work diminishing the amount of people that, uh, that, that do a, a specific activity as opposed to stopping people from doing a specific activity. Well, M- M- Mothers Against Drunk Driving is certainly not going to propose execution for underage drinking. Not today, uh, but if they were able to get – if they were able to step it up um, from uh, – right. I mean, that's the only place they can go. But, but wait a if minute. If they can get the penalties from what they are today to double, and then they realize, well, these numbers have been affected to whatever extent, or, or we need to go higher, or whatever. Yeah. At some point, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers absolutely will. Uh, I don't think so. They I think will. That's pretty, I think that's pretty hyperbolic on, on, you know, on your part to suggest that. 
I, I mean, come on. These are mothers. They're not going to advocate their children be executed. It's they not just, their no, children. These aren't their children. These are the drunks that are killing their children, Ian. It's an incremental These drunks are process. killers as far as oh, they're concerned. I'm sorry. I was talking about underage drinking. You're talking about people that are drinking and driving. I'm sorry. I was talking about their teens <laughs> underage drinking. Excuse me if I didn't make that clear. Do you think they're going to advocate that their teens are executed for underage drinking? I, I don't know. I, I because think that, that's what I've been talking about this whole time is teenagers and their rate of uh, of drinking. Because it doesn't seem to me that whatever the enforcement level they have on these laws has done a damn thing to stop teenagers from drinking. I don't from think drinking. we're anywhere near getting uh, – at this point, mostly what happens when teens get found with alcohol is it gets dumped out. So we're nowhere near even talking about the penalty, the disincentives for teenagers uh, drinking. I don't know about that. I mean, when they bust an underage drinking party, teens get arrested. Sometimes, get very rarely. Dr- very rarely. It That's happens my on a weekend basis. Okay, maybe I'm All wrong. All across the country, kids are having uh, the police come in and raid their underage drinking parties, and they get a, rec- a record for that. Maybe so, so it seems to me to know. be pretty I mean all things considered it seems to be a fairly severe punishment for kids that otherwise aren't getting in any trouble whatsoever it's a pretty big, you know it's a black mark uh for them but it hasn't done anything to stop I mean even Please the, call in with your underage drinking stories I'm very yeah. interested my experience uh is that when cops come and teens are drinking they try to make the teens dump out the alcohol as I've much as they can I've had that happen when and I was, then when they're unsuccessful because well they're teenagers and it's alcohol then the cops will come back and then the the punishments will become worse and then when they come back the third time perhaps they'll cart some of the drunk teenagers maybe. off I think it depends I think that for instance in a in a situation wherein I was pulled over once with a couple drunk kids in my truck. Uh, I was driving them home. I had not been drinking. The cop did just have them empty the bottles out, and that was that. However, I think they behave differently when you're talking about a party of 20, 30, 40 uh, underage kids, because then the you know the kind of hey let's bust up the party mentality kicks in, and that's when they start arresting people and and hauling them off. I've had I, it didn't it happened to me, but it's been a long time since I've been a teenager. Yeah, uh, two decades. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can share your stories. Bring up whatever you want. Free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Speaking of SACL CAI, if you've got a if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. Give them a call. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, see their banner right there at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. As we continue here, the story is out of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. A man was shot multiple times uh, recently, I think within the last week or so, while fleeing, allegedly, from a Las Vegas police officer in the Northwest Valley Name's uh, Raymond Dunsing, and apparently he's a Libertarian Party activist. 
out there in Nevada. Yeah, and, and a good friend of uh, Jason Osborne's. Uh, police, wow. Police said uh, an officer shot Dunsing several times Thursday afternoon in the arm and torso after a taser failed to subdue him and he reached toward his front pocket for a 45 caliber handgun. That's what they say. The shooting occurred after what police said was a routine traffic stop. Police said in a release that Dunsing is 31. Uh, According to other records, he's 33. A Las Vegas lawyer by the same name and approximate age of the suspect ran unsuccessfully for Congress on the Libertarian ticket. They're saying that he's not the same person? Uh, Neither the Metropolitan Police Department nor Libertarian Party officials were able to say whether the man was, in fact, a lawyer in the Libertarian. Okay, so this is, I guess, before the news media realized that. He was listed in critical condition, uh, expected to survive. The shooting happened 2.25 in the afternoon. Police captain said a patrol officer saw the driver of a silver Pontiac rental car make an illegal turn and then several illegal lane changes. Well, I mean, that that deserves death right there. You can't be doing that. Uh, He said the officer pulled the man over on uh, wherever, and the situation escalated when the officer did a records check and discovered the man was a subject of an outstanding warrant for misdemeanor violations. Now then, the cop said that the man became combative when the officer asked him to get out of his car. Now, combative. Now, the term combative suggests, suggests actual combat, violence. Right? I mean, that's what the, the root word is, combat. Um, you, you can't really be combative if you're in your car, can you? I, I suppose if the cop were reaching his hands through the window and you were batting at him and, and trying to, to hit the cop or something, but it seemed very unlikely that one could be very combative when one's sitting in one's car, and you're dealing with a cop. The cop has a gun. The cop has a taser. The cop has, you know, a baton. Being combative from within your car against a cop, being combative from, uh, you know, standing right next to a cop is not going to, going to result in very good things, typically. Um, being combative with a cop from within your car is probably going to be that much more difficult for somebody. I, I think when they say combative, they mean he probably said, I don't want to get out of my car, right? Is that... Do you think? I mean, I'm just speculating here. It, it, that's what it sounds like to me. And as a matter of fact, I have a statement here from uh, Jim. Oh, uh, Jim who? Uh, Dunzing. Oh, okay. Raymond J. Dunzing, the same guy? That's I guess the J it. is for Jim, maybe. Okay, okay. James. Uh, well, let's let's get the cop's side of the story first yeah. and then uh, get, his, get his statement. So he became combative when the officer asked him to get out of his car. Now, huh, if the officer's just asking you to get out, do you have to get out? Yeah. What's combative about that? Uh, the suspect fled west on wherever it was, and then the officer tried to use a taser on him. According to the, uh, one of the cops, as the officer was chasing the individual, giving him orders to stop, the individual reached into his pants pocket front right and retrieved what appears to be a forty five caliber handgun. They also, they also said the suspect tried to pull out a large folding knife. But a how many weapons is he trying to pull out as he's running away? But a witness disputed some of the police accounts of the shooting. Oh, darn, those witnesses have to be around sometimes. (laughs) Brandy Burks, age 19, said she was standing outside her apartment complex nearby and saw... Also a disinterested witness. Interesting. She saw the shooting occur. Motorcycle officers had been patrolling the streets heavily, pulling over speeders that day, she said. She said the officer who pulled the man over chased him as he fled. Burks said that the... uh, she said that the, as the man was running, he kept grabbing his pants as if to hold them up. She said she didn't see a gun, and neither, uh, and rather, she also did not see the officer fire a taser. She said she saw the officer shoot the man in the back when he reached the sidewalk. He went down, and officers handcuffed him. They shot him in the back, she said. He was just running. So according to the witness, cop didn't try to tase him first. Cop just shot the guy. 
in the back. Police department policy allows the use of deadly force based on the severity of the crime, whether the suspect is a threat to the officer or others, or whether the suspect is actively resisting arrest or trying to avoid arrest by fleeing. When a suspect dies at the hands of police, a jury is convened to determine whether the shooting was justifiable. But he's not dead, so I guess they don't need to convene any uh, jury in in this case. Uh, The police spokes bureaucrat says the department is continuing the investigation into the shooting. (laughs) Yeah, that'll. The the department is is currently in the midst of trying to cover their butts, and uh, you know that that's really what's going on. So the ACLU uh, says that people who survive police shootings are able to speak for themselves, and I guess we're going to allow Jim. To yep. speak for himself, you've got a statement. He says, first, I'd like to thank everyone for their prayers and well wishes. I've suffered a broken arm. It's currently pinned in four places. Additional surgery, surgery will probably take place on Wednesday. The shots in my midsection missed all vital organs. Wow. Three shots were fired from uh, behind me and my right. The doctors believe that two of the shots made contact. It appears one entered my right peck, bounced off my sternum, went through my left peck, and then uh, shattered my humerus just above the, the left elbow. Then the second shot... Went to my lower right abdomen and exited my left abdomen without hitting any vital organ, organs. And I'm well on my way to recovery and expect to be released from the hospital shortly after my surgery on Wednesday. Wow. I'm disappointed Damn. that the uh, CCLP issued a press release without having spoken to me first. As a result, it contains uh, Why statements would they do that? of fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's the Libertarian Party. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he meant the, uh, the police department. Here's what happened. I was pulled over for driving straight through an in- intersection in a right-hand turn only lane. So you know how sometimes you, do, you you get in the right hand turn Oops, only. You make a mistake, yeah, right. And then you like change your mind. I did signal for my lane changes to the left after exiting the vehicle. At so the he office. realized it. He signaled and moved back over. Right. It's happened to everyone. Yeah. Everyone has driven for any length of time. Especially if you drive somewhere you've never been before and you just don't know what lanes are going to change into what, and then you find out too late. Yep. You know? So, um, so he says, then? I exited the vehicle at the officer's request. I was standing with my back to the vehicle. The car's open door was to my right. My so hands, it doesn't sound very combative from his description. My hands were above my head, and I was calmly speaking to the cop, attempting to talk my way out of being taken to jail over an unpaid high-occupancy vehicle ticket. Did he actually have a gun? Do we know if that's, if that's I, the I suspect case? he did, that's, okay. as I recall, yes. Okay. With my hands raised above my head, the cop shot me with a taser in the chest. Oh, jeez. As I've had heart problems since my premature birth, I believe a taser to be a lethal weapon. Several he this guy has heart conditions. Okay, mm-hmm. a taser can kill him. But these cops use them with anybody who doesn't agree completely with them. I mean, that's it's called not pain all compliance. cops, but some cops do that, and it, that's that's what the, uh, the 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 belief is here. So was he just uh, being, you know, verbally, uh, was he ha- in an argument with the cop? This is this I mean, guy's story, Ian. I'm right. reading it uh, right here. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I haven't read this either. It was given to me by uh, Jason Osborne while we were right. on the air. So I, okay. I haven't had right. a chance to read any of it. And pardon me if I don't know the whole thing. He says that he, um, several people with heart conditions have been killed by this weapon. It's true. When the taser began electrocuting me, instinct took over. I have been shocked by standard uh, 12, uh, 120 uh, volt electricity, which was uh, used in your home. That's bad enough. Metro tasers contain 50,000 volts of pain compliance, according to one of the cops uh, at the family law court who was operating the checkpoint. Let me tell you, it is quite painful. Immediately turned... Uh, to my left and began moving away from the source of the electrocution. By the time I got to the back of the vehicle, I had reached up with both hands, grabbed the electrodes, pulled them away from my chest, the juice that then flowed through my arms, not my heart. Um, as I 
uh, lay here in the hospital, I firmly believe this instinct saved my life. Mm. I continued running away from the taser. I heard the cop fire it again, Uh. but I did not feel any additional shock. I was running down the sidewalk with empty hands. I heard three pops from behind me. Uh. At first, I thought it was another taser shot. Then I saw my left arm dangling. I was taken down by a second officer who who was nearby conducting a separate unrelated traffic stop. He had me lying face down on my broken arm, and it was at this point that he found my license and registered pistol in my right cargo pants pocket and my Emerson folding knife in my uh, front right pocket. Let me reiterate. Then they made up the story about him pulling it out as he was running. Yep. I I am a firearms instructor at the world's largest firearms training facility. It's front sight, and I feel so terrible that this happened to one of their employees. I always carry a gun and at least one knife. I never pulled either of these items out of my pocket. The shooter was on my right hand, right side, and from his perspective, had to have been able to see that my right hand was indeed empty. The officer that was um, that I was uh, running towards never reached for any weapon. And I'd like to publicly thank the trauma surgeons at the UMC Medical Facility. They did an excellent job. The reason additional surgery on my arm is necessary is because the wounds to my chest took priority for good reason. They worry first about life, then about limbs. Does he have more to say on this? R- really not. That's okay. the story. 800-259-9231. We can comment, and uh, you can give us your thoughts. Uh, bring up whatever you want. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. All right, we are kicking off the second hour of the show. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to go right to your phone calls here and start things out with Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Hey guys, hey. Uh, is this thing does this thing click? I noticed a lot of times when I listen to the recording, there's a lot of clicking going on. Is this is this thing clicking on on you? I've heard one click so far. Well, that's too much. Hang on, uh, just a second. Okay, I don't know what you're there. doing. I, I got this? rid of that uh, headset. Oh, it's a headset. The headset could be. Could so be. any anyway, uh, I I'll let you know you if I hear to... more clicking. Go ahead. Okay, I called you to uh, because uh, you and Mark. Friday, specifically, you two, um, you jumped on this, and every so often, Ian, you will throw this thing out there where you say that uh, Christianity ripped off all these other pagan religions. Now, 
Christianity like Christmas? has a lot of yeah yeah. I'm I'm not going to argue Christmas. I'm not going to argue Easter. Those things definitely. That's the only thing I holiday. said was Christmas. I didn't even bring up Easter. Well, oh, go ahead. But, no, because you said that. Set up a straw you, man. We don't care. A, <laughs> you made a blanket statement that Christianity ripped off all the uh, that Christianity was specifically a ripoff of the pagan holidays. That was your exact no, statement. No, I don't think so. I, I specifically referenced Christmas and how they ripped off the Christmas holiday, and I did mention that they borrowed a lot of their ideas from the sun god, but that's not necessarily uh, pagan, paganism. Sure it is. Well, I sure suppose to a suppose. <laughs> yeah. Worshipping you know, so, multiple sort of earth-type, uh, you know, natural-type gods, paganism. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so anyway, those specifically, is ex- that's exactly what you said, the sun god. And Christmas, which I'm not going to argue about because that's definitely a pagan thing. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that you you try to say that uh, Christianity is a ripoff of pagan holidays, and then Mark. Why would I make goes, a claim yeah, like yeah, that? I don't. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, Mark. Yeah. Do you recall that? I don't. Why would I make a claim? I can that, see how one can draw the conclusion that he's. Uh, I think he's putting a, a very fine line on it. Christianity. And I want him to be able to go a little farther with All his right, statement, fine. so I can uh, so I can get this fine line of his, and then I'll disagree. Go ahead, Jen, Gene. <laughs> okay, now here's the thing. I've, I have yet to see a pagan holiday or a pagan religion that that covers the tenets of Christianity. The basic, the basic idea of Christianity and the message of Christ is that you're saved by grace, not through works, through a sacrifice that was, that was provided for you that was none of your doing. Now, that's the basic... Uh, message of Christianity, and I've never seen that in any pagan religion, and I don't think you can find one that 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 uh, has that. Gene, I've so, never. Uh, first of all, I don't know enough about paganism. Obviously, I thought that people that worship the sun god only worship the sun. I didn't realize it was a multiple uh, worshiping thing. But uh, but you know, I don't know much about paganism, so I really would never have made a claim like that. I I apologize if that's how it came across, but uh, I never would have made that claim. Well, I, I think you get excited in the moment, and you say things, uh, and you kind of use these blanket statements that you don't like to hear other people making well, uh, regarding homosexuals or well, before, any Gene, you know, drug, Gene, abu- I, drug abusers. I want to talk about the um, I want to talk about uh, the statements you made uh, before we go on talking about uh, yeah, Ian's blanket statements. Uh, you know, which, which you didn't hear, by the way. You you were right here in the studio with me, Mark. Um, the, the 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 saved by grace thing. I'm I got a little bone to pick with this saved by grace. I don't know that it's particularly graceful of a God to ask me uh, to you know believe this cock, cock and bull story that uh, that I've been given through the Christian religion as it exists today in uh, you know the the late 20th and early 21st centuries uh, you know maybe maybe the story was more believable back in the uh, first second and third centuries and that's fine with me but you know now as it is today it just doesn't it doesn't jibe with what I find to be believable and this same graceful god won't let me into heaven if I don't believe this story that I find unbelievable and and it doesn't matter how good I try to be, and I don't personally find that to be a graceful, uh, you know, caring and just uh, God. Well, the reason for that is because if if it was based on Mark's works of getting into uh, uh, of providing for his own salvation, mm-hmm. he wouldn't get anywhere because Mark falls short 
of, uh, of perfection, and so do I, and so does Ian, and so does every, everyone else But in the so world. does so God. God created a world where sin was able to thrive, take hold, and then he wasn't able to, to uh, deal with this. And I mean, it's, it's his plan, it's his whole uh, you know, scenario that he set up. God caused That's, sin. That is your perception, Mark, that God <laughs> made something imperfect. How but do you know he that per- he made me? How do you know that it wasn't? Why, how do you know this wasn't exactly what he had in mind? But he had you know me. He so, made me so, to perceive it in that fashion. But you don't know what was in the mind of God when He created. So you. So you're telling that me that he, he He made us all imperfect so that we could go out and make mistakes, so that He could then punish us eternally for those mistakes. Eternally, nice guy. If you were. If you were to believe in that eternal punishment, which I don't, me either. I don't think that that's the message of Christ at all. I agree, well, and I, so, I don't think that the message so if is. You, if you want to, if you want to take a misconception that is that is understood by a great deal of Christians, the majority, that, is that there's some kind of eternal hell out there that everybody's going to suffer. If you want to take that misperception and apply it to everybody who believes in Christ, then you're making a mistake. Well, Gene, well, I can't argue with anybody who's not willing to send someone to hell. So. Um, you know, I can't argue with you. I I do not believe in that hell thing, and I think that... Uh, what happens to somebody that doesn't believe the whole Jesus story, then, in your viewpoint? I believe they're going to have a chance after they die. I believe What's that, that there's a, a second chance. That, what is, what, to do what? Well, I believe that uh, life's eternal. It doesn't end when you die. Okay. So after you pass from this existence into the next existence, whatever that is, since I've not been there, I can't really report on it for you. I believe that uh, you, that a just God is going to give you a chance to uh, to make amends or to uh, change your ways. Does or that mean that you'd it, get it, it sent takes. back down, uh, back down to uh, to Earth to try it all again to see who, if you'll accept Jesus that time? Who can come up with the specifics? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying I to get a vision that. of what he's, but what he believes in. I mean, if I, how if, many chances do you get? Yeah, and if I still no, choose to reject God, then what does he do? What happens? Well, first of all, I don't think that you will. Number one. Right. Okay, would? but what if I do? Who would? Wait, well, at that point, you'd be right in front of God, right? I mean, they'd then your ass deserves hell. Okay. okay, I'm sorry. If you're standing in front of God on the on Judgment Day, and there's Jesus over there, and like they say, oh yeah, all, right. all that crap we told you in vacation Bible school, it was true, and you say, I don't care, I don't believe any of it, <laughs> then you deserve hell. I'm sorry, you're too dumb for words. I'm with Gene. Fine. <laughs> I would. He he wins. Gene wins. No hell. You see, you can't argue with a guy, uh, with a guy that doesn't believe, believe in hell. hell. And, that's, yeah. I, and, and I, I won't. Um, it's it's the people that are. You're gonna believe what I say, or you're gonna be turned turned into spit for the well, rest of eternity. Isn't that Spitting what, while they say it, nut jobs. Isn't well, I, that what I God would be that. doing, standing there on Judgment Day, saying, "Look, you better be, you better believe in me, or else." Well, <laughs> what if I say, "Sorry, I don't want to believe in a God who would put me in this position." There's a special. What do I do? What happens of to me? hell? for anarchists. Okay. Gene, no, I, I, certainly, I certainly believe that there is some kind of punishment, but I believe that most of it takes place in our lifetime. I, there I, I agree with you. The, most of the hell we go through is the is the suffering and pain that we go through because of our stupid decisions uh, living our lives. That I, I completely agree with that, Gene. So, yeah. Completely well, agree. So, Gene, uh, just to see if Mark, we can find some correlation it, here. I'm sorry, you? go ahead. Excuse me. I was going to say, Mark, you must understand it. You had nine years of hell, so that, you know, 
It wasn't so bad. Um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> working with Ian could be worse, Gene. Um, so I want to find some correlations here. So what if I call you know the, the great spirit or source um, something, and then you decide to call that same entity Christ? Is there really any difference in our religions at that point? That's a great question. I'm going to put you on hold, Gene, before we allow you to answer it. 800-259-9231. You. Something cut off. 800-259-9231. We're going to bring Gene back, and you can dial in as well. Bring up whatever you want. Comment on this discussion or go anywhere at 800-259-9231. You mentioned this idea of uh, source or all that is, which is a much more diffuse concept of, uh, of God. Uh, so we can come back to that, and Gene will be with us, hopefully. More coming up. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll free to 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Uh, on our website, we've got a lot of features. They're all free. But also, don't forget to visit Sam's website, obscuredtruth.com. Uh, right now, that's still linking to your YouTube channel? Is that it right? is for right now, yep. And there is a brand new video up as of, I think, late last night. So Yep, yeah. and part two's done. It'll be out Wednesday. Oh, cool. So head on over to obscuredtruth.com to see some of uh, Sam's excellent videography or video work. Uh, he's been... This current one is about the 420 celebrations. It's actually from... Way back when uh, the first arrest happened. That's right. So uh, so go ahead and you can see some of the footage of that at ObscureTruth.com. Of course, as you know, if you've been listening to the show for the last uh, month or so, that uh, there are daily 420 smokeouts going on uh, in the afternoons here in Keene, New Hampshire. They're also happening in Manchester. And I believe those are ending officially on Saturday. Oh, it's been, has that been announced? Yeah. Oh, I talked it. to Rich Paul about it today. Because it's, it's going to get too it's cold start at, snowing, at some yep. point. Though this week has been absolutely beautiful up here. Anyway, uh, let's continue. Uh, Manchester Brewing was founded by an alien race of reptiles called the Slore, who live beneath the Stapleton Airport and secretly control the Illuminati. Find out more at ManchesterBrewing.com. Exciting. 800-259-9231. I'm actually pretty excited because I'll be getting some Manchester Brewing uh, this week. As a matter of fact, they've got all kinds of they got new seasonal flavors out. and uh, well, I'm we getting a mix pack. You know, I'm going to try all the stuff I haven't tried yet. Okay. Am I not supposed to talk about that? Well, you could. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just. How about we have okay. some beer coming. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'm it's just. Great. I'm, I, I'm I a guess customer. I don't want to tell you. Like, I, I'm. I'm willing to pay. We have a bunch coming. This. I understand nice. you paid for I'm a lot. I'm paying for this. We're getting some coming. Uh, they've been very kind to us. Uh, so you know, obviously, we're doing some advertising for them, hoping to uh, to grow the brand. ManchesterBrewing.com. All right, let's continue. Uh, Gene is on the line with us uh, talking about uh, theology. Gene, you're a Christian. Uh, I don't think anybody on this show would, would self-describe in that way. But but you're an unusual kind of Christian in that, at least from my experience, you don't believe in some sort of eternal damnation or punishment uh, for people that decide to not necessarily believe the whole Jesus story or you know or in Jesus as their savior. 
Um, are you are you still with us, Gene? Yeah, my battery's going dead. I'm trying to plug a charger in here. Ah, okay. We certainly hear the clicking. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we could definitely tell you were trying to do something. Um, so Gene was uh, was kind of. I'm going to pot him down for a moment. You are back, Gene. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Everything okay? Okay. So it's called it's called a universalist. I guess I guess is the official term, and that's a person who believes that everyone is universally saved because through the act of Christ. So. What Christ did already paid the, paid the price for everybody's sin, everybody's imperfection, and it provides an avenue to God. There's nothing that you need to do. Now, many people. So you don't even you, you don't even believe that uh, that an individual has to go through some sort of process to accept Jesus, because that's what a lot of Christians will say. You have to accept well, Jesus in order no, to get into. I actually heaven. do believe that, but I believe you have plenty of opportunity to do that after you die. Now. I don't think that's an excuse for living a crappy life, you know, just because you think that you're going to have an uh, an opportunity after you die. But then most people who are living a crappy life don't really believe that anyway. I yeah. mean, they're not they're not living the crappy life because they know that they're going to be saved after they die. You know, they're just living the crappy life because they they got a crappy attitude, I guess. True, <laughs> but there are a lot of people who go to church every Sunday, lead really crappy lives, you know. And they get the their... results from that, too, though, Sam. I mean, they do. people who, who live bad lives get bad results from those bad lives. Um, and I know that everybody imagines the, the bad guy out there that does well as a result of his badness. And, I, you know, I haven't met him yet. Um, I'm very interested in finding this guy that does so well by doing so bad. But well, you can, you my can experience see... in this world is if you do bad, you get bad. If you I do good, right. you get good. I think you're right, Mark. But I think that maybe what, what people might be referencing when they are talking about somebody who is bad from their perspective that isn't getting what they believe they deserve mm-hmm. it's likely because they're not you know fully informed to the facts i mean for instance uh, a lot of people would say that ted kennedy was a bad guy or george bush was a was a bad guy but look you know they live in opulence and uh, you know looking at it from the outside they seem very very you know, well taken care of and elite and all that but who knows what sort of internal torment these people are, are facing or what or their even, lives are really like or even i dated a, a girl whose parents belonged to one of the churches that does not uh, allow drinking i forget which one baptists certainly don't uh, okay. methodists shouldn't but uh, they're not near as pushy on it i think it may have been methodist but you know they they were out Alcoholics. They would go home and drink every night before they really? went to bed. You know, how do you explain that? Now, Gene, you also mentioned that you believe that hell could be hell on earth, not this eternal damnation thing. And and I would agree with that. But I would also say that heaven is on earth. Would you would you agree with that statement? Well, I think certainly that people get a preview of of heaven when they, you know, in certain instances when they when they live a certain way. I, I certainly believe that's. See, uh, I, I think I think heaven and hell are right here, here and now. And when we choose to sort of uh, filter things through our ego and and live out of our ego and and judgments and so forth, that we're choosing hell. And when we choose just to be who we are through our ways of being and choose to be uh, creators at source in the world around us, that that's when we're we're living heaven on earth. And I think that's what's oh. really at the core of the of Jesus's teachings. So, and and Mark said something just before the break about uh, whether or not you know somebody else believes in the Almighty Creator under some other name. Are they on the same path? And I would say yes, they are. As long as you know, if you are looking to to learn about the one who created you, 
then I believe you're on the, the Christian path. Well, then, now, Gene, call, I'll be your kind of Christian creator. then, okay? But I can tell you that most of the people that I hung out with previously that would call themselves Christian would call us Christian in the same way that they'd call a uh, you know stack of buttery pancakes Christian. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do run into an awful lot of people who think that I'm a heretic. So, I bet you do, because uh, you're pretty unique uh, from what I've, from my experience of talking to self-proclaimed uh, pro- proclaimed Christians on this show. I have to say that you're one of the most open-minded and uh, one of the ones that has a very unique perspective. But I do talk with other Christians about these subjects and use logic and, and the Bible together to show them the path to freedom, you know, and, and allowing other people to be free, which I think is absolutely uh, about as Christian as uh, as fundamental to Christianity as you can get. Freedom is definitely the message that uh, Christ taught. Do you, as as a Christian, do you believe that uh, you're separate from God? Yes, I do. Okay, believe so that's, that we're separate. I think that's a fundamental that's, difference here because, uh, and that's what I've heard other Christians answer that they're separate. Uh, but I, I, you know, my belief system says that as a, as a pantheist, uh, and I believe that everything is God or, you know, that we are all essentially extensions of, uh, of Paul God. says that uh, God is all in all. So I don't see how Christian can claim um, to, you know, believe, uh, you know, the, the Bible and then... Well, they can probably cite their own Bible yeah, whatever passage. But how do you answer that one, Gene? Well, simple. Uh, I believe in a creator and a creation. And as such, I'm part of the creation, and he is the creator. So, therefore, for me to say that I'm him is a contra- contradiction in terms. I can't very well be the creation and the creator. So, therefore... How do you uh, know? Why not? I, definitely- I can't very well be me and my son, but God did it. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind seems like he jumped to a conclusion there. He's very, being very logical about it. I understand where, where he's coming from. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom... The government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those, uh, including the bulletin board system. Over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. And are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, Sherry is on the line in Ohio. Hello, Sherry. Sherry, you are on the air. You're on the radio. Got to talk to us. She's gone. (laughs) Cold feet. 
800-259-9231. So a little bit of good news here uh, from the Drug War Chronicle at StopTheDrugWar.org. Residents of the Colorado ski town of Breckenridge overwhelmingly voted to legalize the possession of small amounts of marijuana this past week. The measure passed with 73% of the vote. That means that as of January 1st, people in Breckenridge can legally possess up to an ounce of marijuana under local ordinance. The measure also legalizes the possession of marijuana paraphernalia. And this votes, uh, the, the votes demonstrates that uh, Breckenridge citizens overwhelmingly believe that adults should not be punished for making the safer choice to use marijuana instead of alcohol, said a Breckenridge attorney and chair of Sensible Breckenridge. And apparently it's a, it's a local project of the statewide marijuana law reform group, Sensible Colorado. As state and national focus grows on this important issue, the popular ski town of Breckenridge has taken center stage on marijuana reform and not just for medical purposes, according to Sensible Colorado. With this historic vote, Breckenridge has emerged as a national leader in sensible drug policy. I have to agree. It made uh, a pretty sensible choice here to not arrest people who have uh, marijuana on them. It's not doesn't sound very radical, does it? The campaign, which had no formal opposition, received a chorus of local support, including endorsements from a town council person, a former Colorado representative, one of the local residents, and even the local newspaper. The measure was placed on the ballot when over 1,400 supporters signed a petition supporting the measure under Colorado state law. Possession of up to an ounce is decriminalized and punishable by a $100 fine, but Breckenridge police will still have the ability to exercise discretion. According to the police chief, it's never been something that we spent a lot of time on, so I don't expect this to be a big change in how we really do business. So this is one cop that uh, you know deserves a pat on the back for taking this position, whereas in other places, when uh, people try to pass... They start foaming at the mouth. Right. They try to pass uh, legisl- either legislation or some sort of initiative, a ballot initiative, the police chiefs go crazy. And they come out and they start uh, pro- you know, propagating all kinds of silly nonsense about marijuana, dr- trotting out all the old uh, lies, you know, that marijuana makes you grow hair on your palms or whatever. And uh, so this guy's actually being honest. He's saying, look, you know, hey, we haven't really been uh, cracking down on this. Now we're not going to do anything about it. So. Well, Breckenridge probably isn't big enough to have a SWAT team. Yeah, <laughs> every that's... police department is big enough to have a SWAT team. <laughs> they they prove that every day. <laughs> lots of little police departments have SWAT teams. Breckenridge residents voted for the statewide legalization initiative by the same percentage back in 2006. The initiative only won 41% of the votes statewide, but in Breckenridge it was 73%. So, hey, some people did something within the system, and yeah, they made it work. And the, the police chief, it, I guess it helps when they're on your side, huh? I would think so, but, you know, here in Keene, the uh, city councilors have said that, oh, no, they can't do anything like that. So but legislators how is it these guys gonna... were able to get something done? Well, legislators are always going to trail behind. This was an initiative by voters. And true. voters don't really have the same sort of thing to lose. The legislators realize that their bases, um, you know, t- tend to be older, and they're not as interested in, in these kind of things. And I can tell you that's true. I stood out at a voting location all day long here uh, this year. And, and I was close. Know, the, I was out there for several hours. The people under the age of 30 that were coming to vote, you could count on one hand. Yeah, it was it was very, very minimal. I, I did uh, manage to get a couple of votes for uh, Nick Ryder, who I was out there holding a sign for, just by helping uh, a couple of older ladies out of their Buick into uh, the wheelchair. I, you know, I mean, quite honestly. They they needed some help, and so I did that, and 
you know, they, they voted for Nick as a result. Thank I, goodness. That is a good God move. bless them. I apparently should have been doing more of that because uh, the, 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 the precinct that I was at had the lowest, the lowest vote percentage. So apparently my standing there actually hurt. His, <laughs> maybe everybody that went to vote absolutely can't stand me because they've seen me on television, you know, paying property taxes in ones. I don't know. Obviously, the, uh, these local elections tend to draw out the bureaucrats and their buddies and their, and their friends. So, or maybe it was just total coincidence. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Uh, so, but well, they got about 15% of the vote. I mean, which I thought was surprising. No, you got 20, 24% of, uh, 24% of people voted for Of the registered voters, that's right. Oh no, I'm sorry. We're not we're not communicating correctly here. What we're talking about is a local um, campaign right. that happened here in Keene, New Hampshire, and he, the guy that ran is a is a New Hampshire native, a liberty loving New Hampshire native. Though he's being plastered as though he's a free stater, as though he's somebody who moved here like we did uh, to get active for freedom. No, he didn't. Uh, he he's a New Hampshire native, and he got uh, 24% of people that voted for him voted for they chose him. Is what I understand. What I understood. But I thought you were saying it was a low turnout uh, event. Yeah, only like 10% of the people came out. Right, and I thought it was uh, 15% actually that nope, came 10%. out. You no, know, 10%. Whatever. 800. It, but the question is, is huh. are you talking about 10% of the people or are you talking about 10%, 10% of the, of the reg- voters? registered voters? Yeah, 10%. But that's actually, believe it or not, Mark, most of the people that are of voting age in this area are registered to vote. So only 2,200 people came out and voted, or excuse me, only 1,600 people came out and voted? Because I thought it was more than 2,000. I don't know what all the, the numbers are, it, and I don't think our listeners care either. So 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But if you want to come up here and help us with that, uh, again, the Free State Project, we gave you their URL earlier, freestateproject.org, to learn more about that and get involved. Sherry is back with us. We're going to try her a second time. Sherry, in Ohio, are you there? Sherry. She's listening to the radio. Yeah, that's a problem. Whenever you call talk radio show, because, well, there's a delayed broadcast equipment. There you are, Sherry. You're on the air. And turn the radio off. And go. You you can't (laughs) actually... You have, to talk, you have to talk to us on the phone. You can't listen to us on the radio. You understand that, right? I have the phone to my ear. Okay, here we are, and here you are, and you're on the air. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring up the subject again that you were talking to Gene about God sure. and um, a misconception that you have that God created sin. Okay. Um, God created Satan, right? When God created each and every one of us, he gave us the choice to love him or not to love him, to follow him or not to follow him. And well, he didn't really do that. He, he created me, um, uh, me in a state of sin, whereas he created Adam and Eve in a state of uh, sinlessness, right? What? Okay, Adam and Eve were created in a state of sinlessness, and then God uh, you know, hit around the little pieces of hamburger with rat poison um, in them and said, don't eat of these things. And, uh, of course, they wanted to eat of them, so one of them did because they don't know anything about what sin is. Be, um, and then you know, they committed sin without knowing what sin was, and then God said, oh, now you're going to surely die, but they didn't, kill, they didn't kill them and let them continue on. And so I have sin in my nature, whereas they didn't. Okay. When God created Adam and Eve, and just as when he created you and I, he created us with the choice to love him or not to love him, to follow him or not to follow him. He created each one of us in his own image, and because I believe God is full of love, and he was lonely, and he wanted somebody to share his love with. And so he wanted us to love him back. You cannot force love. That is not love. So he gave us each the choice, including, including Adam and Eve, 
to love him or not to love him. Unfortunately, they chose to sin, just as each one of us, when we sin, we choose to sin. Well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that I was born into sin because of Eve's sin. Um, that, that Eve cr- created, you know, that, that because Eve sinned, that we are all born into a sinful nature, and the flesh that I have is, in fact, prone to sin. So God gave me this flesh. I wasn't Eve. I didn't do this stuff. So he gave me this flesh, and that's, you know, what I ended up at. Now, you can revise. You can play any game you want, but the game we're talking about is Christianity. Well, I want to bring, uh, Sher- Sherry, if you can hang on, I want to bring you back. Sherry, um, I'm put you on hold, okay? We're going to bring you back, and but listen on your phone when you're on hold, so when we pick up the phone again, we can have a conversation. All right, and hopefully we'll be able to actually converse and not talk past one another, too. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we take that money and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. You can use PayPal or any major credit card or some alternative options. Amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you get perks like access to the Amp Only call in lines, chat room, forum, the Amp Only podcast, and more at amp.freetalklive.com. As we bring Sherry back with us. Sherry, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Sherry. I'm glad you held through the break there. Uh, We wanted to continue this conversation. It uh, started with Gene the Christian Anarchist earlier. Uh, We were were talking about, you know, theological related things. And Mark, uh, you were raised at a, uh, you went to a Christian school when uh, you were growing up. And you spent a lot of time uh, reading the Bible when you were in jail. So you're relatively well educated on matters of such things. And you had a a bit of a disagreement with uh, the nature of humans and sin uh, as from your perspective of what you learned about Christianity and versus Sherry and what she was saying. And it was my interpretation, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that Sherry was basically saying, uh, excuse me, that Mark, that you were saying that up until Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were born without sin, and then they ate the quince or whatever, and then ever since that point, everybody was born in sin, and Sherry was saying that's not the case. Did I interpret correctly? Does that sound right, Sherry? I'm I I I don't know. I'm just saying that we're each born with a choice to love God or not to love him, to follow him or not to follow him, to sin or not to sin. We are born with that choice and we are aware of the choices that we make each and every day. Okay, um now Sherry, if Something's happened in my life. I uh, smoked cigarettes when I started, I guess, about 16, and then I switched. And I did, too. Actually, I just recently quit. Thank goodness. It's such a it, – you know, the taxes they put on it, they're killing people with that money. It's a terrible thing, and I, uh, I applaud you for it. I, I just recently quit, too. And um, 
I, so I think this analogy would be very apt. Then I switched to cigars, and I have a nicotine addiction. I was instead of I was born without one. However, I cho- made a decision, and that decision caused me to now have a nicotine addiction. And I would say that um, what you know, according to my understanding of the Bible, um, that we all humans are born with a sin addiction, whereas Adam and Eve were born without a sin addiction. So Adam and Eve had this whole idea of sinning. Um, they had life a heck of a lot easier because they weren't addicted to sin, um, whereas you and I were born in the flesh, as okay. you know, as Paul says. And I think that God kind of gives me, uh, you know, puts me a few rungs down by making me addicted to sin and then expecting me not to be sinful. Well, I think maybe God, he wants us to love him wholeheartedly, the same as he loves us. And maybe he created Adam and Eve without sin, but also with the choice. And maybe the only way he was going to know if they were going to choose him was if he actually handed them over a choice. Now, Sherry, you've said that God, you believe, is about love. Is that true? Yes. I would agree with you there, and I would go on to say that that love is unconditional, but from the way that I've heard you describe it, it sounds like, no, God only loves you if you choose the right choices that he's oh, no. laid out for you. I can guarantee you, I just recently started making right choices with my life, and I know God loved me all the way. Okay. So do you believe in hell? If he didn't love me, then he wouldn't have accepted me for all of the, the wrong decisions I have made in my life. So, Sherry, do you believe... He wouldn't have just wiped those clean. Do you believe in, in a hell? Do you believe in an internal damnation and torment? I do, but I can't tell you the specifics on that or exactly what I believe. So, what? So okay, but so you do believe in such a place. So what kind of people in your mind would will be sent there? Um, people who choose not to follow God, not to... And how Jesus is that loving? And, and try so, to live. How is that unconditional love? How is that unconditional love? Yeah. Because he's given you a choice. No, he's he's not, Sherry. See, if he, I, he's that's a Hobson's choice. Loving you, and, and you have the choice to choose him or not to choose him. You're making your own destiny, and he's no God. You that God makes destiny. I, 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 I'm a human. Is all I make is turds every once in a while. God makes <laughs> destiny. Okay, it's like I design a um, a maze, and I put the cheese at the end. And if the rat doesn't make it through the maze in the time frame that I says that I say he does, and he doesn't make the right turns that I say he does, I take him out and I smash his little head with a hammer and then i say say, i love you he deserved it no you could i love him but he deserved it he did something wrong ignorance in the bible and um i i cannot pinpoint verses but i'm sure that if you do your research or i would have the time to go do mine i can point you out plenty of verses in the bible that speak of ignorance like you're talking about right now all i can say is that if you open your heart and your mind up to God's plan, then you would see how perfect it is. Sherry, I've been in the Christian church since I was born. I mean, I taught Sunday school. I I went to a well, Christian I'm sorry school. sorry that your heart is hard. And My heart is hard because the religion <laughs> doesn't make any sense, maybe Sherry. One, you can laugh all you want. I'm sorry. One <laughs> day well. you will find that you need God again. I, and you will turn to him. No, 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 no. Sherry, I love God. God is great for me. However, that 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 uh, Iron Age uh, deity that smokes in mountains in the Bible, I don't believe that crap any more than I, that I believe God is Santa Claus, okay? I understand that God's in my life, and we're very interactive. However, um, the Bible, it's just somebody's understanding from 3,000 years ago of, of their God. 
the God that demanded that virgins be sacrificed to him in Judges. Read it. Okay, so what do you believe? How, what, do you, what do you believe as far as creation? I think that, I, what do I think? I think that virgins were sacrificed to this God and he created things. I, but it's, it's not, nonsense. I think that, you don't uh, believe that, whatever, I don't know how anything was created. I have no idea. That's right, you don't. And you know, we're not God and we will never have the understanding. Oh, but I disagree that God with you. Has. But you see, that, that's where I disagree. I do believe that uh, we are God. In fact, I think that we're all part of God or all that is and everything is God and you can't possibly be separate uh, from God. And so I think that, uh, I mean, I'm just wondering how you feel about that. Well, maybe you will never be separated from God, but you. In- keep going on the way you're going on, you won't be in the same place I will be with God. Mm, you mean I'll be in some sort of eternal fiery torment? I don't know where. I don't know specifics. Yeah. I because, don't know everything because there your is God to is know. So loving, All I know right? is my heart. It's simple. It doesn't take a lot of education to figure That's it out. That's the problem. It is <laughs> right. very That's simple. Really and you know, my life has never been better since I started. And the Good more I learn about God, the I'm more so I realize how you. perfect does, his plan who does, is. Who does God hate more? The slanty-eyed peoples over in Asia or the, or the black ones in Africa? Because God doesn't hate. The, those people... Um, those people don't get that advantage that you do of being sort of raised under this uh, this modern day Christianity, which is so messed up from the old uh, from from. You God know, knows each previous. one of our hearts. He knows the knowledge that each one of us possess, and he knows what we know and what we don't know. And I believe that's what he's going to base it on. Right. And he knows what you know and what you're denying. Then how in the world could po- God possibly send me to hell? Do not have this knowledge. Who have never received this knowledge? He knows what they know and what they don't know. He's going to send you there, Mark, because you've received the right. knowledge so and you've I'm going to stand it. in front of God on Judgment okay. Day, and I'm going to say, God, it's the mind you gave me. And I questioned, I asked, you know, does, does God not like people asking questions? I imagine he does. Uh, God wants people to, to, to ferret out what they believe to be the truth. And I have done that as the best as I possibly can. And what I've come up with is that the Bible, although having some you know, great religious nuggets in it, like so many religious documents do, is largely just a collection of stories intended to scare, uh, scare ignorant people into believing what their betters tell them they want them to believe so that they'll do what they're told. The Bible is about guilt, it's about fear, and it's about coercion, whereas Living and loving God is not about any of those things. Um, God's, oh, there's, there's, God's about um, freedom. There's plenty in there about love. What's that? There's plenty in there about love. Oh, there's plenty, of, plenty about, about love. You, you should That's love your Bible? coercion. You should love the people that coerce you. You should believe everything that they say. They have the power given the by Bible God over you. Read Romans. That will hurt me. There's uh-huh. nothing in the Bible that that Bible can teach me that is ever going to hurt me. So, Sherry, if, if I willfully choose not to believe in the Bible before God, you're saying that that him punishing me eternally, however it is, and you're not sure exactly what that means, you would still su- suggest that, that that's unconditional love. Yes, because I believe no matter how ignorant and the how, no matter what you no, say now. No, 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 this is not ignorance, If you accepted Sherry. God a minute from now, he would accept you just exactly like well, this, that. This just is that not, easy, he would forgive you. This is not ignorance. This is me choosing to believe in something different. It's so, choosing you to deny something that... Is the truth. How do you know it's the truth? <laughs> a man in a robe told her. Thanks, Sherry, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Mark, you're not supposed to question her God. You're just supposed to take what the man in the, the cloth. If the, you ask front questions of, of, this, uh, of this modern Christi- Christian God, then you're going to go to hell, I guess. The toll-free number is 800. Oh, a hell created by the Greeks. It's an, <laughs> it's an eternally loving hell uh, because it's not unconditional, right? Wait, what? 
Hour three's on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just then, the hell just happened there. I don't know what that was, but the music disappeared. We're still here, though, and hopefully you are as well. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. Now, uh, Mark, I know that you had something you wanted to share. Uh, we're going to put that on hold for just a moment as we continue taking your phone calls. Bile is on the line in New Jersey on the amp line. Hey, Bile. Hello, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that Free Talk Live uh, sort of got me arrested today. What? <laughs> what happened? How'd that happen? Well, so um, there's this activist in uh, New Jersey... Um, I guess he's known for doing FIJA outreach and uh, marijuana protests, I guess, back in late 1999 time frame. Um, he had done, like, smokeouts and stuff. A older gentleman, his name is uh, Julian, uh, I'm not even sure how you pronounce his last name, but Hen- uh, Henrik, Hen- so we, we spoke, yeah, we spoke about him on the show, uh, I believe, Friday. What happened? What are oh, we okay. talking this about? This is the Fiji outreach. So, Ian's the guy that got uh, forcibly abducted and in- and injected. That guy? Yes. Yep. Yes, him. So, so just he, to just to bring our listeners up to speed, this guy was doing fully informed jury association outreach in New York City, and at a um, at apparently a, a federal courthouse. And this is just you know basically handing out information to potential jurors to let them know that they can uh, vote not guilty as a as a juror and and based on their thoughts on the law it's it's completely legitimate and it's completely legal and they decided to abduct him take him to some sort of uh, psychiatric clinic and then uh, force drug him and then released him several hours later. Right, and he he's been doing it for the past. This is his fourth Monday in a row that mm-hmm. he's been doing this, um, and. So after the footage of that uh, that past event where he was uh, brought to the psychiatric ward and uh, given whatever it was to make him go asleep or whatnot, he um, uh, I had contacted him because he he lives not too far from me and I work downtown, so it's easy for me to sort of cut out for lunch early and uh, go go witness what was going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, today I I got there 
and he was supposed to be there or start doing his thing at 11.45. So he was abducted from the federal court in New York City last week, and today he decided to go back? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, nice. The, the same thing happened uh, each of the three times he did it prior. So he was, he's been abducted he was four times? Yeah. Well, three. Three. Today he was not abducted. Wow, I didn't even realize that. Was that mentioned in the story? Yes, we read the he first had time? been arrested, but he always made it home for dinner. Oh, I see. Right. But he was. This was the first time he was drugged. Right. That that, gotcha. that particular incident. So uh, he went back again because I think he's planning on suing over all this. Um, so he's sort of trying to get people to videotape him and, and get eyewitnesses and whatnot. Um, and so I contacted him and, and we talked briefly. And I showed up today with a. With my video cameras, one is uh, just a normal camcorder, digital camcorder, uh, flash-based. Now, how many people were – I'm sorry to interrupt. How many people were there besides you and this guy? Uh, At at the beginning, just us. It was just the two of us. Does he not have Um, any uh, Liberty friends there in New York City? I thought the Libertarian group there was fairly large. It is, but I don't think he's – he's not – tech savvy and he doesn't really if you go to his website it's literally out of the early 1990s um there's like flashing text and stuff (laughs) Uh, this this guy uh catches your attention really has the means or the know-how to uh to sort of contact all these people i I guess he he used to be more involved on the ground in pennsylvania which he was a professor at uh, pennsylvania state university i think Got it. And so I think his connections are more old school rather than online. And Okay. So, so you had showed up to back him up uh, with your video camera, which sounds like a great idea. Go ahead and tell the rest of the story. Right. So he, I was sort of waiting for him to show up off to the side, and um, I had a little spy cam um, that I had tucked in my belt that uh, was recording the whole time um, just in case something happened with, with my camcorder. Right. And Smart move. So I go up to uh, – so he starts – he has like a sign, and he just stands out in the middle of this open area and starts you know, offering uh, fully informed jury information uh, to passerbys. And oh, within a minute or so, uh, some – like two or three cops walk up, uh, police officers who are there uh, you know, on federal – Federal uh, cops. Police officers. Gotcha. Right. And uh, they tell him – uh, well, at, at that point, I kind of m- uh, meander over uh, with my camera, my camcorder sort of tucked under my arm, and put my uh, secondary camera running. And they sort of tell him, you know, you've done this before. You, you know, you can't be here. Uh, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And uh, he's, they go back and forth, and he says, well, in effect, no, I'm not going to leave. So they. Where is he, by the they, way? When when this is happening, is he out on a front sidewalk, or is he up on the steps by the front door, or? You know, uh, in front of in front of the uh, steps and the, the the main entrance, there's this big open area that's just uh, um, blocks. You know, it's like stone stonework. Mm-hmm. Just this, I don't even maybe uh, an acre or half an acre yeah. at least. So it's a pretty big open public area. Got it. Um, next to the street, and so he's like right in the center, and I'm off to the side, um, completely off to the side where you wouldn't even notice me. So I, I walk on over. And to get some of what's going on, looking like a concerned citizen, I take out the camera, the main camcorder, start recording it. The officer questions me whether or not I have anything else to be doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about him? Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. But he goes, um, they, when, when it's refused, when uh, Julian refuses to leave, they, they say, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna go tell the boss. You know, they sort of saying it in between themselves and they walk off. And, um, during that interaction, I was standing near them and, and he had offered me literature because he didn't know me at the time. Like mm-hmm. we hadn't met, uh, prior to that. So he handed me jury information. So I sat off to the side and read it. Nice. And after a couple, after I got done reading it, I walked back up to him and, uh, did an interview, uh, under the, uh, Auspice that I was working for Free Talk Live, like you always say. Yeah, why not? Why not? And, well, <laughs> we dub the executive producer or producer. Yeah, well, I'll get to why not in a second. Okay. So, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, so I do, I do my little interview, and then, then we're done, and I, I stand there for uh, maybe four or five minutes talking to him just about random things and what he's doing, and sort of off camera, and then all of a sudden we're semi-surrounded by the police officers, and uh, they start talking to me, asking me whether or not I have, uh, uh, like, who I work for. Actual and, press credentials, right? Mm-hmm. But, and uh, Julian says, well, like, interrupts them and me and says, well, you don't have to answer that. And the, the officer sort of mumbles, and, and I back up, and he uh, addresses Julian saying, um, you're not going to leave and uh, you're going to be under arrest. And so they know that Julian is silly disobedient. So as soon as he, they say that he's under arrest, he just goes Drops. flat onto the ground. Right on. And, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and, and so they knew that he was going to do this, so they tell him, go ahead and go onto the ground. And so he puts down his clipboard and goes uh, face first. So I back, I'm probably 10 or 15 feet away, and recording it, and one of the cops walks near me, and my eyes are on what's going on, so I really don't know what he's doing. Ends up, he really doesn't anything, doesn't do anything. I think he was just kind of checking me out. So the the arresting officer, after he makes sure that Julian doesn't have any weapons or anything, he walks over to me, asks me who I work for, and I tell him, well, I don't think I need to tell you. He's like, well, you do because there's rules. Um, uh, we have rules, see? Right. <laughs> There's federal laws as to whether or not you can record on federal property based on whether or not it's commercial and then what you're recording. So I say, well, I don't need to tell you, Nisa, well, you do, and I probably should have just kept my mouth shut. But I said, well, I do freelance reporting for Free Talk Live. And he goes, oh, you work for a news agency. Like, Then you're under arrest because you can't do this. All right, I'm going to bring you back for more if you if you can. Hang on, we'll bring Bile back. 800-259-9231. That's we're not a news agency. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than 14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at 14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. This restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET, or go to dslextreme.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial on in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page of the website. Click download. They're yours for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with... Midas resources to educate you about the Federal Reserve and the need that you may have, the, the need that you have to stock up on uh, precious metals in order to hedge your hedge against inflation. You can go read the book uh, Dishonest Money. Well, they have the book Dishonest Money for you to purchase at gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. And Midas resources will include a walking walking liberty half dollar in it to get you started on your little collections. Gold.freetalklive.com. We're talking with Bile. He is from blogofbile.com, and he works in New York City, lives in New Jersey, was there in New York today. Uh, backing up an activist that we talked about last week who was arrested and forcibly injected with Thorazine, I think it was, because he dared to hang out in front of a federal courthouse in New York City and pass out fully informed jury association information from org, informing potential jurors of their right to vote not guilty based on their conscience, based on how they felt about the law. And so you actually, Bile, came out today to back this guy up. You brought your video camera out. You had a um, a secret video camera as well that was uh, concealed. So if they messed with your primary camera, you'd still have some sort of uh, footage. And you were there as they decided to go ahead and arrest this guy. And that's when they approached you and started to demand, uh, you know, information about who you worked for. And that's when you told them Free Talk Live, because we've suggested on the show, if somebody wants to claim they work, you know, their producer for Free Talk Live, we don't care, uh, go right ahead. And apparently what you're saying is you claiming that was their reason for arresting you. Can you, ex- can you explain that? Yeah, so the uh, so I've, I've got the statute or code or whatever it is uh, up in front of me. It's uh, this Code of Federal Regulations, Title 41, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it, it's about photography on um, federal property uh, for news, advertising, or commercial prop purposes. And it says that you may take photographs uh, of the general area of a federal, like of the federal property for non-commercial uses uh, if you get permission. And then... Uh, like general permission. And then if you want to use it for commercial purposes, you have to get written specific permission. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, you can only take photos of entrances, lobbies, foyers, corridors, or auditoriums for news purposes. And since I was recording him, even though I really – oh, I haven't seen the footage, so I really don't know what got picked up. But even though I was only filming him – in a large public open area because it was federal property and I wasn't recording entrances, lobbies, foyers, corridors, or auditoriums for news purposes, and I didn't have any permission for commercial or non-commercial, then they arrested me. And I think the fact that I said Free Talk Live, and he, yeah, in, in his mind, thought that that was some sort of news agency and therefore commercial, which I sort of tried to tell him that it was, you know, freelance and I could offer the information to you if I wanted, but it doesn't, you know, there's no monetary uh, uh, yep, we're advantage not <laughs> for doing, you know, I'm not getting paid, um, but I really didn't get the chance or mm-hmm. the, he didn't care. mind to go into that. Yeah, Don't he, worry. he really didn't care. <laughs> so he, I got 
no warning. Well, right. Even if it wasn't, wait, point of information, but even if you weren't doing it for commercial purposes, which you weren't, they they still said you can't. Trot out some kind of uh, law. But no, but what he said was that you still couldn't do it. You still had to have their permission, right? According to their rules. Just not written. I do, but I think it would have been. It would have been different, like if I was just a, a random citizen passing by or even being there with him. But the fact that I said I was part of a news group or news agency or whatever in his mind, then it was commercial. And therefore, I should have known better, which he said at one hmm. point. He's like, you're in the media. You should know better. You should know <laughs> this is the rule. You aren't obedient. You should know better. Hasn't your editor yeah. taught you anything? Right. And so he he walks up to me, asks me uh, who I work for. I said, a freelance for Free Talk Live. He, inf- no warning, nothing. He never told me to turn off the camera, stop recording. They didn't tell me prior to that to not record. They just arrested me mm. right then and there. Um, put, grabbed my uh, a plain clothes officer or, or perhaps an officer who wasn't on duty, took my camera. Uh, they both grabbed my arms and put them behind my back and then told me to sit down while they were still holding my arms, which was didn't make a lot of sense. But uh, eventually I sat down and, you know, I gave them my information because I, I, I don't carry ID on me unless I have to. Mm. And so all I had on me was my Free Talk Live ID that I created. <laughs> and and he tells me, well, where's your state ID? Oh, I don't have it. Oh, well, then you might end up spending a couple days in jail because we've got to get fingerprints. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, come on, you know, I've got this. And I give him the ID and thankfully he accepted that because I <laughs> nice. wouldn't be on, wouldn't be on the phone now. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so where did they take that. you by the way? Was it inside the courthouse? Did they have a little jail facility there or where? No, they, it was just right there because, uh, Julian didn't move. And they left him completely alone. He was just face down the entire time. And I, the, my secondary footage, when I when I get it online, will show, you can see that he the entire time is just sitting there in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just had me sit down like right where I was standing. Okay. Um, and so uh, the plainclothes officer sort of had an attitude. And he, he had taken my camera. At one point, he opens it up and starts looking through it. And I ask him what he's doing. Um, because I'd asked the other officer to make sure that, you know, I wanted to make sure that they're confiscating my camera not to delete the footage because Julian wants it for any potential court case, and obviously I want to be able to publicize what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the, he kind of gives me an attitude and reminds me that I wasn't supposed to be recording anyway. Um, and then and that, that, that makes I, it okay for him to execute a search without a search warrant or even probable cause. Well, by that point... Well, they had probable cause because they knew that I had broken their rules. That that's going to be their their reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, the the other officer, sort of tells him to put the camera away. I shouldn't be messing with it. And uh, then they, uh, he tells me that I should have just stopped recording when the officer told me. And you both the obeyed. other officer and myself tell him at the same time. I was never told to shut it off. So the guy was continuously getting shot and shot down by the arresting officer. Huh. Uh, and uh, so then he gets a slip to give me a receipt for the camera and oh, he gosh. says, well, it's going to be held for, held for evidence. Oh. And I ask him, well, it's a flash based camera. Could you just take the memory card? Cause I'd rather than have a $40 memory card than a $300 camera. And surprisingly he accepted. Wow. He just, took, he just took the memory card, gave me back the camera. 
He didn't even ask to check to see if the camera had built-in memory. They never confirmed whether or not I actually recorded anything. So, the, you know, that's a strike against them, that they never actually confirmed that I recorded anything. They never asked me to confirm it. They never looked at it in front of me. And the arresting officer never could have had the chance anyway. But Well, you got your camera back. How about that? That's amazing. But, but, I, but I got my camera back, and, and uh, so I, I took the ticket. I signed it. He actually the told ticket. me. That I didn't have to sign it. Now, wait, 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 wait. Point of information. This ticket, this is the receipt for the flash or a, a some sort of ticket? Citation. The citation. I want to know more about that citation, if you don't mind. Because I've, sure. never, I've never had a federal citation before. Uh, so we'll find out what that's all about here. And uh, blogofbile.com is his website. Now, the footage, he says, is not yet up. But uh, I would say keep an eye up there. And it probably will be showing up at some point here. Because he did have his secondary camera going the entire time. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features there totally free, so enjoy those uh, on us. And those features, by the way, include the Shrine of Female Listeners, now brought to you by ManchesterBrewing.com. Uh, Shrine of Female listeners, of course, are the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to uh, show that they are indeed listeners to Free Talk Live. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com for the manchesterbrewing.com Shrine of Female listeners. Interested in journalism and passionate about liberty? Learn about print, broadcast, or investigative journalism by interning at a newspaper, media network, or state policy organization. The program includes a week-long career workshop, a stipend, housing, and housing assistance. Receive mentoring and job search assistance during and after your internship placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. Apply for spring placement by November the 15th and for summer placement by January the 31st at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. We're on the line with Bile from blogofbile.com. And Bile, you were in New York City today backing up an activist doing some fully informed jury association outreach. He was being arrested for it because he was doing it on federal, uh, right out in front of a federal courthouse, and they don't like that very much. Um, so then they decided to pick on you because you were there with a video camera, and well, they don't like that very much either. And they cited some, you know, some of their silly l- rules that claim that you have to ask their permission yeah. to, to shoot video. Rules uh, that violate the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, yeah. but they don't care they about don't that care. either. They just work for the federal government. And so they decided to arrest you after you claimed that you were doing it for uh, for Free Talk Live. You believe that perhaps had you not made any claim, they may not have arrested you. But then again, who knows? Um, so you were arrested. They stole your memory card from your camera, but did give you the camera back. Uh, you know, they could have been nastier, I suppose. And so uh, w- where did we leave off, Bile? The, uh, the so citation. I, I got in a receipt for the, uh, 
to the memory card. Um, and you got a citation, we, right? Right, and they, and they gave me a citation. So they, 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 he forgot, the arresting officer, I, I'm assuming, forgot to actually have me sign the receipt for my memory card. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that's going to result in, probably nothing, nothing of consequence. But so the citation... He, he he fills out all the information. It's not all that interesting. Uh, it has a uh, United States Federal District Court violation notice, the violation number, uh, you know, the unique number for the, the that citation, the officer name. Uh, so number. it's a violation. It's not a misdemeanor. It's not a. Uh, I. I'm not sure. I need to look into it. What more. are they demanding that you do? I mean, normally a citation from a government agency it, it will present you with options, uh, and you know you can go to court, you can pay the fine. What are they saying that your options are? So I will be the the the, the citation itself. There's a couple boxes. One box says I must appear in court. That one's not checked. The the one that is checked says uh, you must pay the amount indicated below or appear in court. Uh, $75 forfeiture <laughs> amount plus $25 processing fee for a total of $100 total to collateral due. And Thank the, you for uh, visiting. Uh, Thank you, citizen, for visiting our <laughs> property with your camera today. Because you did that, you can now pay us $100 for the privilege. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, and, well, it was interesting. Again, the, the cop was, you know, nice enough to uh, give me my camera back. And interesting, while he was... He filled out the citation, gave it to me, told me I needed to sign at the bottom, and told me that I, you know, I could refuse, and that's fine. But all it meant was that I had seen it, um, and I decided to sign it. I should have asked him what were the consequences, but the way he said it implied that there was none. Um, but I should have clarified, you know, hindsight. Um, and then he, I asked him, well, how long will it take to get a court date? Because he's telling me over and over again, you know, just go to court and it'll probably be reduced if not thrown out. Like, you, you you probably won't have to do anything. Like, he keeps telling me this. So I ask him how long it's going to take until I get something in the mail. He's like, oh, two to three months. So I kind of question, like, two to three months that long. He goes, well, it's the federal government. What do you expect? <laughs> Great. <laughs> wow. And, and so he gave me the citation, and, uh, that, I mean, that was pretty much it. And I off you went. chatted it up. And yeah, the other well, guy ended I, up getting arrested after that, right? Well, he he wasn't he he stayed flat down during this entire thing. And once they were done with me, um, I think they they gave him his citation, and I, I wasn't really paying attention at the time. But I think they just gave it to him or laid it next to him or told him that it was there. And by the time I was done, he was standing up, and him and there was a a third gentleman showed up. He's a lawyer. Uh, he came to just witness it, but he came right as I was getting arrested, so he really didn't see the, the build-up. Mm-hmm. But he was there just to witness the whole thing, and the cops were relatively kosher and nice to him. Um, and us three sort of sat right where we were the, the, the whole time, um, just talking, and the cops sort of stood a couple feet away from us and just chatted about the weather and random things. So what is this and guy... Uh, what is, what is the guy who originally was um, starting all this? The guy that was doing the fully informed jury association outreach. I mean, you said he's been arrested the last three times that he was there and was arrested again today. Luckily, they didn't cart him off and, and dope him up like they did last week. But what does he do with his citations? Does he pay them? I mean, he obviously has gotten I them before. Well, like I said, the uh, apparently it'll take two to three months for 
for you to even get a court date. Right. Uh, and then who knows how long after that the uh, court date actually is. And so I think what he's doing is every Monday he's going to show up <laughs> and do this over and over and over again. Wow. And then he's building building a case and he's going to sue them. Now, I've, I've checked the laws, uh, the, the same like statutes or whatever, the code that defines uh, the, the, the thing that I violated – uh, that same section is for all, like all property, all federal property, um, and the rules for passing out literature is there too. So I found the statute in which he's being charged with, and it's, it's pretty much the same kind of thing that I'm being charged with, like the same level. So I think he's just going to keep rocking them up, and then eventually just bring it to court. And what are you going to do? I mean, uh, obviously you can't take the cops' word for uh, the cops saying, "Well, just don't take it to court; they'll, they'll reduce it or throw it out." But maybe they won't. I mean, maybe there's jail time in this. I mean, what what do you what is your plan? Uh, well, as far as I can tell, I mean, it's it's a hundred dollars where you go to court if you don't pay the hundred dollars. We all know what happens, mm-hmm. um, more or less. Uh, my plan for the time being is to, uh, and I have yet to really investigate it more or talk to any lawyers or anything, but probably just to go to court. And I think that given the situation, and, this, and I, I can talk to the DA or whoever it is and just say, like, you know, this wasn't commercial, and I was never told to stop in the first place. I was never given a warning, and, you know, it's my first time. And I probably, I would suspect that it would be dropped. You could um, play your footage, too, couldn't you? I mean, uh, is, it, is it illegal in New York to record people without their, con- without their knowledge? Well, I don't think it's the state law because it's federal property, but uh-huh. as far as I know, federal law is much the same as New York law. And that you don't have, you only need one approval, and I had three people's. So, and you've got the footage from your uh, your hidden camera that you're still you're going to be uploading at some point. When can people expect to find that over at blogabile.com? Um, well, I'm just about. Uh, I was busy when I got home, so uh, uh, I wasn't able to type up the entirety of what happened. That's almost finished. That should be up there in probably the next half an hour. The footage, some of it's already uploaded, but it hasn't been made public. Um, I still need to do editing, so probably tomorrow morning it should be available. So within the next couple days, if you go back to blogabile.com, you'll be able to see the undercover footage from uh, what happened. Thanks for sharing the story. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on tonight? No, that's it. Well, glad you're uh, still in the world of the semi-free, and I suppose it could have been worse. Uh, But yet another example of what happens to people who are photographers and videographers when they cross paths with with cops, especially federal ones. So much for the freedom of uh, speech, so much for the freedom of the press. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And you can relate, Sam. This just happened to us last week. Yeah, well, but I, and I'm listening to this story and thinking three to four months, that's just for an appearance for him to enter a, a plea of mm-hmm. not guilty or whatever, and then schedule a trial date, which who knows how long it's going to take. What happens if there were 10 people out there today that all got arrested and all took it to court? Or what happens if it was 100 or 1,000 in one concentrated area it would overwhelm the courts, and they would Absolutely. have no hope of keeping up. We're not quite to that point yet here in New Hampshire, but we're, we're certainly better off than it. they are in New York City. I mean, mm-hmm. that poor guy only had two people out to support him today in New York City for a fully informed jury associ- out, uh, association outreach. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, the number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live... You can buy stuff over at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon, the world's largest Internet retailer. When you enter through that link, it's like our special portal. It essentially alerts Amazon that, hey, we're coming. For, uh, your customers are coming from Free Talk Live, so they send us a percentage of the sale. So it's a great way for you to get the stuff that you want, the stuff that you need, maybe buy some gifts for people this upcoming holiday season, and get it all done in one fell swoop over at Amazon.freetalklive.com and feel good because you're getting probably a really great deal, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of uh, their brand new items you can even buy used if you want to uh and free talk live will get a cut any old way you slice that used brand new or whatever uh amazon.freetalklive.com we go to your phone calls about what you want tyler is in massachusetts and you're on free talk live hello tyler hi uh i'm just so glad to get on the air i'm glad uh you guys are doing what you're doing thanks we're glad to hear uh, what's on your mind tonight okay um well i go to Tufts University, which is a super liberal university, um, liberal in the modern sense, not in the sense of actually believing in liberty. Mm, got it. And um, the, the sort of environmental radicalism here is just at a level that terrifies most people. What does that mean? Uh, well, they want to um, – first, last year the big campaign was to ban bottled water because, of course, um, <laughs> you know, we can't be trusted to buy – you know, bottled water because it's bad for the environment or something. I, I always wonder about this. What if I buy bottled Coke? I mean, <laughs> so, I go to, water. so I go to the store and I decide, eh, you know, instead of buying bottled water, because they take, they, they take the choice away of drinking water. Yeah. I mean, people, to some extent, they want the convenience of that bottle, and that's what they're paying for. I understand that many places provide you with water that's very good, and that's fine and dandy, okay. And I think it's great to drink out of the drinking fountain, and, and it's, it's a good idea to, to bring your bottle of water and save some money and refill it and all that good stuff, fine. But, I mean... <laughs> If I decide, okay, well, uh, since they don't want to have bottled water, I'll just take this brown liquid in this bottle. What do, what are they doing? Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, and then this year, the push is to uh, ban trays in the dining halls because apparently it costs you know extra water to wash the trays. <laughs> you just put it in your plate. hand. You just hold out your hands, and they'll slop it right in the middle. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> what are they? Come on, what are they going to do with no trays? Uh, I think the plan is that they just set up a feeding trough, and then we can just kind of stand in line and sort of eat out of one collective unit. Yuck. Right, because, right, you wouldn't want to, I was just, my first response to your question, Mark, was, well, what if you don't have trays? My first response, and I wasn't thinking like a radical environmentalist, so this is my problem. My my first response is, well, if you don't have trays and you don't want to wash the trays, you can just have disposable uh, eatware. No. But no, you can't they, do that. They crucify you right there in the dining hall. Paper plates, oh my God, the trees! <laughs> So, I don't know. And 
They um, they come up with a statistic that like each um, you know tray requires a pint of water or something to clean, and think of all the water we'd save if we didn't have to clean these trays. <laughs> So, you know, um, maybe they should just stop showering. This, too, this, while they're at it. this kind of environmentalism is pervasive because it, it's 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 sort of one size fits all. Water saving in California is probably a really good idea when you live in the you know, you have a, a gigantic population, say, Los Angeles living in the desert and they use a whole bunch of uh, water more than they, they they should or whatever. You know, like it's, that, that, that desert can't support that quantity of people when it comes to water. However, um, I've you know, my wife and I have. Sort of, we we live on the side of a mountain, and our water comes down in gushing sheets, and uh, you know fills our wells up. Uh, and we we have water, more water than you can can use, and the small amount of electricity it takes to pump it from one place to another is is all that they're they're takes for it and i remember she was talking about oh well we gotta wa- worry about you know washing something and i'm like are you kidding we have so much water and then we flush it and it goes through a little drain field and it drains out and nature purifies it and off it goes down its little merry way into the um the aquifer or whatever it does so uh, you know all the water that's here is the same water that was here four and a half billion years ago none of it's changed and we're going to be fine yeah, my thoughts exactly. Um, I've convinced that, you know, if we really care about water, we should just shut the showers off in the dormitories on rainy days and convince people to just run around outside. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So what else is going on up there? Um, let's see what other uh, campaigns we have. Um, I'm just so very, glad that these these college kids, I mean, really, it's quite an example of how wealthy everyone is, right, in that uh, they've got Nothing better to do with their time than to calculate exactly how much water is being uh, spent washing each of the dishes in the cafeteria and then start proposing alternative solutions, whatever those are, which you actually we have not heard what the uh, the alternative solutions are. But, boy, it's it's nice not to be starving. I mean, because there are some people in the world that are starving. Yeah, I mean, why have a you know bake sale to raise money for food aid or something? I mean, ban trays. That's an easy thing we can do. (laughs) Right. Is, Crazy. Um, is 350 a big deal out there, the, the parts oh per God, million I, where the world's going to end? I have half a dozen friends of mine who are, I think, currently sleeping out uh, in Boston Common uh, in tents uh, in order to bring attention to um, the concerns about global warming. Oh. So, what is 350? Yeah, what is, yeah, what's 350? I'm not, not sure what that uh, is. 350 is this organization that um, they want to limit carbon dioxide and concentrations in the atmosphere to 350 parts per million. Uh, well, we're currently at about 380, so they want us to um, stop <laughs> emitting any new carbon and then, I guess, plant a whole new forest to suck the additional carbon out of the The best way that you can do this, ladies and gentlemen, if you really care about the environment, is to go out and kill some human beings. Or shoot your dog. Well, anything anything that's got hair, kill it. And the younger it is, the better it is because it'll live longer. So go out and kill some babies. <laughs> I mean, these people are absolutely insane. They are out of their minds if they think that they can control the amount of uh, gases in the in the Earth's atmosphere. I mean, that's what we're talking about here in the within this planet, yeah. to control the amount of carbon di- dioxide? Even Al Gore has come out and said that the majority of the CO2 in the atmosphere is not due to mankind. Absolutely true. Also, um, CO2 is by no means the most dangerous of greenhouse gases. You're talking about methane, much bigger deal, and that's what cows make. And if you think you can get people to stop eating meat, yeah.
out of your mind. I mean, what you talk about the, the a control freak mentality. It's bad enough having a government micromanage every aspect of your life, but to have somebody believe that they could, through the sheer force of uh, coercion, but why are they wasting the... their time with socialism when they could just get a gun and go out and kill some people? <laughs> I mean, that's really going to change something. This is what I don't understand about the environmentalists. They want to control seven billion people. Forget it. Wipe out three billion of them. Well, that, that's eventually what they're going to have to do, but they don't think these things through. Well, I mean, the, it starts off with banning trays and bottled water. Yep. And then mm-hmm. eventually, you know, the next step would be, I guess you'd have to limit how many children people could have. Because, you know, if you have too many children, they're going to need to be, you know, driven around in school buses and they're going to eat cheeseburgers and do all other kinds of you know, terrible, environmentally unfriendly things. So I guess we have to institute a one-child policy. Yeah, well, I went on to uh, Central Square when I saw people out holding signs that just said 350 over and over again, had no idea what they were talking about, <laughs> walked up to the guy, asked him, what's this 350? Oh, it's it's the it's the level where the earth will not be able to sustain itself any longer. we got to talk to these people in the government, get them to start turning off these street lights. we got to get them to stop doing this and this, and it just went See, now, on and street on. Street lights have been shown time and time again to prevent crime. Yeah. Um, they actually are pretty successful and one of the, probably the best government programs out there, and, and you'll rarely... Hear me say anything like that. So, uh, turning off streetlights, what? Yes, they want people to die. That's what these environmentalists want. They want as many people as possible to die. They want your baby dead. And of course, the. uh, Go ahead, go ahead. But if you, uh, sorry. But if you shut off the streetlights and there's more crime and more people get killed, there'll be fewer people producing CO2. Right, right. That's the plan, right? Apparently. It's crazy. And of this course, nuts. the answer is really to allow the market to, to step in here and take over. If you look at water delivery, it's because government has granted this monopoly to, uh, you know, their favorite uh, buddies off in industry. And they try and set this arbitrarily low price for, for the poor people. we got to help the poor, right? Rather than mm-hmm. letting the market meet the needs of the community. It, it's not, the answer is really not conservation, but setting appropriate prices where people will use the amount of water that they need, you know, based on what it is they're doing and, and so forth. And technology will allow better filtration methods and so forth to keep up with the, with uh, demand. Tyler, any other thoughts tonight? Um, oh, I don't know. There's some other interesting thoughts I bumped into. Um, a lot of people believe that, you know, we need to get ourselves involved to um, stop the genocide in Darfur, which of course, is a terrible situation that everyone would agree should be stopped. Mm. But then if you ask these people, oh, should we you know, liberate their country, you know, pull an Iraq on them and stop the atrocities? And then they, they don't know what to say. But, I mean, you've you got to wonder, you know, well, how do you stop these people from killing each other unless you send in, you know, American forces to dictate, um, you know, law and order there? Right. Send them a letter. People, I know that guns. would make things better. Thank you, though, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. We're out of time tonight. See you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Mark Interview Series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. Okay, so the... The Edgington Post interview series continues, and today I've got with me Ivan Eland, and he wrote a book. It's called Recarving Rushmore, 
It came from the Independence Institute. I, that's how I got it, personally, um, out in California. And Ivan, are you uh, there with me? Yes, uh-huh. Excellent. So, um, recarving Rushmore. It, uh, tell me about it real quick. Well, basically, uh, is an alternative history of the United States seen through the office of the president. Um, most historians have biases. Uh, they like activist presidents. They like uh, presidents who served during wartime. They like charismatic presidents. And many times they overrate these presidents, uh, uh, even though, you know, they may have contributed to the war or the crisis. Uh, they may have done uh, things, you know, being activists that they should have, should not have done. Uh, so, And many historians look... Uh, infuse their own bias of the present politics and look, infuse that uh, back, looking back into the past. I tried to do the opposite. I tried to say, well, what would the founding generation think of these presidents as we went along? And uh, how did they uphold the original intent of the Constitution, which was to have a very limited federal government, uh, because the founders, of course, were suspicious of uh, European monarchies at the time. So they made a constitution that was supposed to just have enumerated powers, and anything that wasn't enumerated was supposed to either go to the states or the people. And how would they have uh, rated the presidents? Uh, We were originally supposed to have uh, certainly a balance of power among the uh, conflicting branches of government. But originally the Congress and the states were supposed to be the dominant players of of the system. Right. Uh, and now what we have is that the president and the Supreme Court have taken over as the dominant players in the system, uh, much uh, in both in the cases of both of those branches through self-aggrandizement. So uh, how would the founders have rated these presidents? Uh, would they have uh, uh, rated them primarily based on a restrained uh, view of executive power, uh, restrained foreign policy overseas, uh, and the promotion of peace, prosperity, and liberty uh, through small government, I think. And so that's how I, re- I re-ranked the presidents on the basis of those uh, factors. Um, yeah, you know, one thing, I, approach. Sorry, uh, one thing that I, I noticed, you know, you'll get the Newsweek or Time or whom, uh, I, can't even, I couldn't even tell you which one has done it most recently, and they'll, They'll rate the presidents from best to, you know, the 10 best and the 10 worst presidents of all time. And, and you're absolutely right. When, when you see the 10 best active, uh, you know, 10 best presidents, you're talking about presidents that have uh, fought major wars and, uh, you know, done, essentially grown the, the size and the scope of government, uh, you know, hugely. So you're, you're talking about Roosevelt, who obviously did both of those things and, and Lincoln and, you know, all these, these presidents. And uh, usually, number one always seems, as far as worst, seems to be like Andrew Johnson or something like that. You know, some president that people largely haven't heard of. So I I would agree that by and large, when you see rankings of the presidents, you're seeing them from a through a a prism that isn't liberty oriented. Right. (laughs) Excuse me. Right. And um, Andrew Johnson wasn't as bad as everyone makes him out to be. And also, uh, (coughs) excuse me. uh, Warren Harding uh, is, is many times regarded as at least one of the worst or maybe even the worst president, and mm-hmm. I rate him quite highly because I think he was for limited government, a restrained executive, and a restrained foreign policy, and we had prosperity under uh, him. Uh, unfortunately, he died in office after two years, and uh, 
<coughs> excuse me, uh, he gets blamed for his scandals in his administration, but those were really overstated. So I think, uh, you know, some of these presidents are at the bottom uh, normally uh, aren't that bad. And uh, some of the presidents toward the top, like Woodrow Wilson, who uh, I think uh, could have avoided World War One, Absolutely. Consequently, World War Two, since World War Two was just an extension of World War One, And yet Wilson is regularly rated fairly highly. He's probably not in the FDR, Washington, and uh, Lincoln category of super great presidents, but he's always up near the top there. Yeah. And I think that's a tremendously poor rating. In fact, I think it wouldn't be an understatement to say that Woodrow Wilson helped ruin the entire 20th century. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, on, I, on my little Facebook group, it seems like every once in a while people chime in with their favorites and, and least favorite presidents. And Woodrow Wilson is generally on my friends in, on my friends lists the some of, one of the worst presidents of all time. So uh, you know, I, I certainly agree with that uh, with that with that assessment. So um, let's talk about uh, you know the, the book a little bit and some of the rankings. I. Uh, as far as modern presidents go, take into consideration, I'm I'm a, I'm a meager 38 years old. About modern presidents, who would you call pro, uh, most pro-liberty? Because I can tell you, when I read the book, I found one of your rankings as far as modern presidents to be very surprising. Well, I was surprised by some of my rankings, too. Uh, Jimmy Carter was the best modern president. And, you know, of course, people re- routinely say, well, Jimmy Carter was an incompetent boob. Um, how could you rank them in that high? But if you look at the policies, uh, there's a difference between being effective and being successful. Uh, for instance, James Polk was probably the most effective president we've ever had. He had four years. He had four major things he wanted to do, and he did all four of them, and all of them were bad for the country. <laughs> so I think, uh, um, you know, you have to look at what people do. And I, I would say that in the modern era, uh, pre, uh, and I would classify uh, Bush as a liberal president in many respects, mm-hmm. and also Obama as a liberal president. But Are you talking about Bush, Bush 43? Uh, yes, yes, the second Bush. Um, but I would, before that, I would say the last liberal president was Richard Nixon, and I would say the first president of the conservative wave was not Ronald Reagan, but uh, Jimmy Carter. And the reason is, Jimmy Carter was not a universal success, and he was ineffective when he first got there, but he, his effectiveness grew as he as he went along, and he suffered a lot from the economic transgressions of Richard Nixon, yes. who had pumped up the economy to get reelected, and all the inflation was uh, happening during uh, Ford and Carter administration. Now, Carter's economic policies weren't perfect, and his energy policies weren't perfect, but he deregulated four major industries, and, uh, and uh, he also appointed uh, Paul Volcker as a Fed chairman. And what Paul Volcker did was put the brakes on the money supply, ran a tight money policy. And, of course, this was largely responsible for the prosperity of the, during the Reagan years. And then Greenspan came in and, and at least initially succeeded uh, Volcker in, in uh, running this tight money monetary policy. And I would argue that's what caused the prosperity of the Clinton years. Now, of course, uh, Greenspan later took that off um, And uh, we we had the dot-com bust, and then Bernanke, of course, kept going, and we're having the housing – well, Greenspan caused the housing bust, too, but now Bernanke is keeping it going. But, you know, we need to get back to Paul Volcker, uh, who I think was one of the greatest um, uh, Fed chairmen ever because he 
he took the inflation right out of the economy and it restored prosperity during the Reagan years. And uh, Reagan gets credit. Uh, I, I don't rate Reagan that highly, surprisingly, but one of the things that Reagan does get credit for is uh, supporting Volcker and uh, doing that uh, that policy. But Jimmy Carter is the one who uh, appointed him, and it was a very good appointment. Um, now, uh, what would you what would you have to say about returning the uh, the monetary system to to value as, as far as uh, you know? Well, e- I say you know the Federal Reserve probably needs to be amended. But if you're going to have a Federal Reserve, you want it to run a tight, tight yep. money policy. I, I I think the Federal Reserve has been a disaster, and they probably should get rid of it. But if you're going to have it, you've got to have people who uh, want to uh, keep a tight money policy. I mean, you know. I'm not even opposed to some sort of a, uh, you know, gold standard, but but uh, you certainly you need to, uh, something to uh, keep the inflation out of the economy, which I think really is the biggest problem that the economy faces. And it, when you have inflation, it causes recessions and that sort of thing. And one of the, the, what we're suffering through now uh, happened because of uh, Greenspan pumped up the money supply. Uh, to alleviate uh, the dot-com bust and also the 9-11 tragedy. So uh, we're probably going to see another bust down the way when this artificial bubble uh, collapses. And this is based on a lot of money money creation, too. So I think we've got to watch this sorts of thing. And I think we can learn from Jimmy Carter's... uh, Appointment of Volcker and uh, Volcker's tenure through the Reagan, through most of the Reagan administration. Uh, another good president I thought was Eisenhower. He was uh, for restrained spending, including defense. He's a former general. He realized about the military-industrial complex. He also was very restrained in his foreign policy. He did not. He only intervened one one occasion in Lebanon. I think he did that just because uh, people were criticizing him for not intervening enough. But uh, there was no real reason to do even that one. But he he did rely too much on covert operations, I think, to uh, to plant the military uh, interventions. But he was he was very uh, as a former general, <clears throat> he was very concerned about a war, and he was he really wanted to um, reduce. Uh, the arms race. Unfortunately, he didn't do that. He was unsuccessful in doing it. And uh, um, he also wanted to reduce the defense budget, which he did. And he he brought prosperity. So I I think he was probably a close second on the modern presidents as as being successful. I'll have to take your word for it that Eisenhower is modern. Um, now, what about sort of the the founding fathers? Uh, you know, people have lots of debates over, you know, which ones are the best and which ones are the worst. Which which of the the, the founding fathers? And I believe that I, I, I guess the idea is is that, uh, that Jackson was the first president who wasn't a founding father, so maybe the first six uh, were considered, you know, sort of of that era. Which ones of them um, were the the best? Well, I think George Washington. Um was pretty good because he got the ball rolling. He didn't become a king or a president for life. And back then, it sounds ridiculous to talk about that now, but back then, a lot of people wanted him to be. He could have done anything he wanted. Uh, he, he was a bit of a regal sort of guy, but he, he was truly a Republican at heart. And one of the best thing that George Washington ever did was leave office after two terms. That precedent, and there wasn't any law or constitutional thing at the time, saying that a president had to do that, but presidents 
so revered Washington that they kept that precedent up until FDR started abusing it during World War II when uh, FDR had uh, uh, four terms, right. or at least uh, was going toward four terms when he died. So, um, uh, that, And that's very important. Uh, Washington did believe in a change of government. Now, I think he got a little bit car- too carried away in carrying out some of Alexander Hamilton's uh, uh, subsidies for business, et cetera. And so I, I dock him for that. So I don't think he's in the top three, but I think he, uh, he of the founding fathers was probably the best uh, president. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, who was a great American, and Je- Tom, uh, James Madison, who was a great American. Uh, of course, Thomas Jefferson, that, Thomas Jefferson, as we all know, wrote the Declaration of Independence, and Madison was a, a big force in the Constitution. And I think they should be uh, honored for that. Those are very important accomplishments. But I think a lot of that bleeds over into their presidential days. And uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, I guess you'd sort of have to call him a hypocrite because he believed in uh, executive restraint and uh, liberty and that sort of thing. And then when he got into office, he uh, was one of the most powerful presidents of the 1800s. I'd say Jefferson uh, and Lincoln and Jackson were the three most powerful presidents of the 1900s, and, or excuse me, 1800s, because that was an era where they followed the Constitution, mm-hmm. and we had a limited executive uh, branch. Uh, so uh, uh, Jefferson, in fact, uh, put on a trade embargo, and then he instituted effective martial law, and we had starvation in an agricultural paradise, because he not only banned ships from going overseas to, with uh, loads of goods. He also banned intercoastal travel from one state to the next because, of course, if you have an embargo on, whenever the ship ta- takes off from port, you don't know where it's going. Right, you don't know where it's, it's going. Changed course. So he, so he, and and then and then the embargo spread to like overland, uh, uh, you know, transportation on carts and you know wagons and all this sort of stuff, and so. Uh, the other thing that Jefferson did, he he uh, let all the people out of jail for the, for the Alien and Sedition Act, which was uh, primarily directed at his, in, against his party by John Adams and the Federalists. Uh, but then he chose to prosecute people for their opinions, and he prosecuted actually more people than Jefferson did, but he did it at the state level. You mean Adams? He had the, state, the states do it. So uh, I don't consider that liberty because the agent, uh, the uh, um, Alien and Sedition Act were one of the worst episodes in the United States history as far as uh, restricting freedom of speech and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was a illegal to criticize the government, essentially. And of course, that's what we see in authoritarian and totalitarian states. So now, as far as Madison goes, Madison was probably, um, you know, an even worse president than Jefferson because he started a needless war, which which didn't gain anything uh, as far as the original causes of the war, uh, and also uh, got got a British invasion and, and the capital burned for largely, uh, you know, uh, no good reason at all. So you're and, saying um, when you say so he started the war, had, I'm sorry. Uh, when you're saying he he started the war, do you mean that he? Sort of, because uh, basically, my understanding is is that Britain started the War of 1812, right? Well, we declared war against Britain, and Britain was very reluctant to go to war hmm. uh, because they were already at war at Euro- in Europe against uh, Napoleon. And uh, 
this our history books tell us that this was mainly caused by impressment of sailors and violation of neutral rights. But right. of course, the French were violating neutral rights as well. And also, the, the, the area of the country most affected by neutral rights was New England because they did all the trading. And they almost seceded from the Union yeah. because they didn't want to go to war against Britain. Right. Uh, the real reason for the war was uh, in 1810, a bunch of hawks got elected. Uh, called the War Hawks in Congress, and they wanted to get Canada. So, of course, the first thing that they did after uh, U.S. declared war was invade Canada. Now, of course, we've repeatedly invaded Canada, which, of course, we don't dwell on in our history books. But if you go up to Canada, they'll tell you that, that right off the bat. Uh, but, of course, we didn't get Canada. But that was one of the main reasons uh, that the war was started. Uh, and we really don't... Uh, acknowledge that in our history books. And so, uh, the, and this impressment and neutral rights had been going on, uh, these violations of neutral rights have been going on since the Napoleonic Wars started in, you know, 1799, 1800 uh, region. So this is nothing new. Uh, what was new was that these war hawks were elected in 1810. Uh, and of course, the war didn't happen until 1812. So I think even the chronology sort of supports the idea that the main reason uh, for the war was uh, to grab Canada. Makes sense. Huh. So um, let's let's do a little teaser for on uh, on some of the other major presidents uh, throughout the history. JFK comes up uh, comes to mind, and then uh, I'll I'll let uh, let you tell people how to order recarving Rushmore. Well, I think uh, you know the uh, JFK was one of the worst presidents because he almost incinerated the world for no good military reason. Uh, we still don't have a missile defense. And there wasn't any at the time he served as president. And so it didn't really matter if the Soviets shot the nuclear missile from the Soviet Union or from Cuba, because mm-hmm. it was going to make us all dead in the, in the those of us who were living at the time, uh, dead anyway. You looked at it. You'd have a few more minutes to get your affairs in order, probably at least 10, <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes in flight time, because it takes a half an hour for an ICBM to fly from the Soviet Union and it probably takes, uh, you know, uh, probably 10 minutes. So maybe you have 20 extra minutes. But uh, Kennedy even admitted that uh, if he hadn't made the statement uh, when he didn't know if there were missiles, that any missiles there would be a grave threat to the U.S., that then he wouldn't have really had to do anything about them at all. Hmm. And uh, historians have recently found that we were even closer to nuclear war at the time than, uh, than anyone Kennedy thought. realized. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's uh, a teaser for the for the book. You can order it at uh, Amazon. I think it's the best place to order it because you can get a di- uh, good discount because it's a new book. Oh, cool. So go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, order Recarving Rushmore. I must say that everything I've read in this book has been, you know, it's been exciting. I, I've, enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. So uh, it's got my recommendation for any of my listeners. And uh, now Ivan, it's Ivan Eland, uh, Recarving Ush. Rushmore. Ivan, if people want to want to get a hold of you and, and send you uh, uh, emails saying that, no, in fact, Jimmy Carter was the worst president. Where do they how do they how do they get something to you? I.E.L.A.N.D. at independent dot org. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, Ivan Eland. Thanks a lot. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? 
You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free handgun. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.